Hello, and welcome back to the Art of E podcast. My name is Noah. And my name is Gavin. And we're the Blanchard Brothers. Back with you to take a deep dive into the, uh, the shimmering, shining seas of streaming. Yes. And so forth. Uh, this is a big old summer TV spectacular. spectacular. Yeah. This is part two. Of our previous conversation where we tackled some of the biggest blockbuster releases of the summer. Yes. And uh, movies are, are dead now. I mean, they're doing well. But uh, nothing really, nothing I'm too excited for for yeah. quite a while. So we uh, we figured, let's and take a look back. If some things people don't were, go well, we're not going to get anything for a while. Well, yeah, that's the looming thing. and we'll maybe, We're only going to get A24 releases. Exactly. Yes. Uh, maybe we'll tease basically our plans given, A, the fact that the slate currently doesn't look great and if some stuff drops off in the fall we have a really weird like you know what would normally be the uh, award season but uh, it's gonna you know we'll see what happens everything's kind of up in the air maybe they could give it to tom cruise apparently there's a new there i i don't as soon as like this weekend i think there was a new meeting happening for the first time i, I don't know i haven't seen any movement but well, what i read was that if it lasts the amount of time that the last one, not like the big one in the 80s, but the one before this last... In the early 2000s, right, yeah. The early writer's strike, that it would pretty much... Which I think that was just writers at the, that point. I don't think... I believe I so, yes. I SAG joined it. But that, you're you're right, around this time, the 8th, uh, ninth, 10th, somewhere in there, it wouldn't... If it was going to last the same amount of time, it would have either be up by now or around this time was when it would get resolved. Right. And obviously, we've just joked about A24. We know they have stepped up and said, yeah, dude, we'll do it. We'll meet your demands, which I'm hoping that's like, come on. If this little, I mean, I'm sorry, A24 is still little as far as I'm concerned. This little studio can say, yeah, dude, we'll, we'll do what you want. We'll meet your demands. Like, come work with us. I don't understand why Fortune 500s can't do it. The mouse just doesn't want to come out and play. Exactly. They just don't want to. But, I mean, I also my hope is, yeah, just a couple of other indies, like maybe Neon and a yes. couple others, follow suit with A24, and then mm. we just get a bunch of cool, smaller movies because with, like uh, big old movie stars in them. That would be fun. I, I, I know that the, like, I, I watched, you know, Brian Cranston talk out about, you know, Bob Iger and Disney and whatnot, but I'm wondering, right. like, is there, do these production houses, these, like, big companies, Paramount, all that, are they in a league with each other? Or did they, did they, can they not come to negotiate? Or is it like, we're not negotiating with anybody. We're doing it. This is a flat thing. You can't come See, individually. I think That's what, where I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Yeah, I, I think some of them are like conglomerated together well, yeah, in terms you know, you of their Paramount, negotiating and everything. And that's what Paramount, I think. I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but I think there's been some reporting of that where it's like, oh, well, like Netflix was the holdout on this issue. So they circled back to the table, you know. Single, singling out specific entities within the studio side that were maybe more problematic than others in right. terms of negotiation, mm-hmm. but it's like they all have to get on the same page before they can, you know. Right. I don't know. We'll see what happens with all of that, but we have a we have a vague plan basically to get us through to our uh, our favorite time of the year, October. But yes. uh, we'll let you know what we're planning uh, for the back half of the summer and uh, most of September. Okay. Uh, Television. Uh, Where do you want to start? Well, I feel like the the big thing in the room has got to be the idol, the big elephant that we that we teased at the end of last episode. I guess the question is, do we want to start on 
common ground and discuss a show that we both like and then just do a nice little idle sandwich with it in the middle uh, and then come back around to something else that we also uh, like quite a bit. My thought, just from the top, I guess it kind of spoils our, our thoughts overall, but my thought is Bear, seasons one and two, yeah, then The Idol, yeah, then Gemstones. Because it's the third season of Gemstones. Well, yeah, that and then sense. we have the HBO pairing. Yeah, you know, well, that's why I was thinking to each other. I also dog. had a fan. Bear one and two. Gemstones three. Like, okay. That's what I was in my head. But no, we can do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. I mean, we could. I we can, could do I that can defend the idol at a drop of a hat. doesn't matter. I've had well, let, well then months. let's drop that hat. Fuck <laughs> it. Let's do it live. And yeah, I mean, that was my biggest question. The majority of the time. I mean, I had a lot of questions while I was watching all five episodes of the show, but. My biggest one was I just, I need to know, like, because I knew, I knew you were going to love it. Yeah. I knew you were going to come in and be like, it's great. Uh, and I guess w- why and what it, what, what did you like about it and what did you find of value or redeeming quality uh, in those five episodes of television that I will just preface by saying, again, feels like they came and went. Like when it was happening... It was like every. It felt like everybody and their mother was just like, "This is the end of Western civilization as we know it." Mm-hmm. And then as soon as it was over, it feels like everybody collectively was like, "Oh, okay, we're still here." Yeah. Well, and also just like, yeah, that was kind of yeah. yeah. And we can forget about it now. And then I feel like there's been no conversation, and quietly, like, you know, I don't know that it's. It hasn't been. They haven't said one way or the other on season two. Obviously, everything's in a holding pattern uh, because of the strike, etc. But yeah, that was my. That's a great place to start. What What did you love about or like about the idol, Gavin Blanchard? So, the main thing that I like as a whole, if I'm trying to break it down as a whole, is the idea. To me, it shows like what I'm not going to say it's the realest thing as like true to life when it comes to like that, um, that medium music. But to me, everything that's in it showcasing like the starlet, the, you know, the writer's block, the need to like find a muse when you find the muse doing whatever you think you need to to like keep it. The ultimate, like, wanting to be on top and fame and glory of it all, but for what reasons, you know? And to your point about, like, nobody talking about it right now, I feel like that show, if you're looking at it as, like, like a quote-unquote pop star, that that can happen to, like, anyone. Again, in the story, our character is a, mm, like, a Britney Spears, like, a pop girl who's been on top since she was a child. Obviously, like, maybe some sort of, like... I'm not going to say Disney show to start off with, but like maybe like a mix of like Britney Spears, Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, something to that nature. But she's gotten so far with her mom at the helm. And then we're meeting her where her mom is gone. It's caused a lot of like emotional issues and she's had to stop a tour. And now it's like, what are you going to do? You can get back on the horse and like do the thing that the studio wants you to do. That like is probably might make you money, but it may not be exactly what you want to do. And you just going to roll with it because you need to make money for these people because 
it's very evident. It's one of my favorite shots is the first episode. It's like all these vultures up on her balcony watching her as she's dancing. Like, that's our cash cow. And there's only really, I think, one person out of that group I would point to and say, like, that that person would be here regardless. And that's, um, oh, I can't remember the character's name. It's not Monique. Not Monique. What is her name? The it actress is Divine Joy Randolph. Yeah, her. Who but I can't remember her name. remember the from the short-lived High Fidelity series that she was incredible in. Yeah. I believe that. Like, she's she, also great in this. Yeah. Yeah, she's one of my favorites. I have a lot of compliments yeah. to pay to the actors. Continue. Yeah. But, like, she's the only one in the group. I'm like, she's going to be there for that girl regardless. The rest of them, and even, like, even uh, Heim tells you, like, if you don't want to do this, like, that's fine. But I, I got to go where the money is. And so... The fact that, like you said, the show has come and gone and no one's really talked about it, it could, it, to me, it kind of like mirrors exactly what like could happen with a pop star. You could have a pop star that comes along, does a hit, be like, oh my God. And in the next week, you know, especially in this day and age with your SoundClouds and your Spotify's and all that, you don't hear from them anymore. I've seen some argument that it was maybe like five years too late. Probably, yeah, I could um, see that. You know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know that that like magically saves it or anything, but okay. So, so you liked this, this exploration I like, I like of, the, yeah, of like what, cause I mean, of current stardom, like what it means to be a star in this day and age. And if that's right. what they're going for, I feel like, okay, but, and I don't, one of the things I do appreciate because I, I don't think you see it a lot, at least as far as we're concerned with like musicians, the music industry, female stuff is like at the end of the day, I think you're. I think five years ago you'd be like, "Oh no, she's in trouble. She's in peril. She needs someone to save her." And the flip of it all, like, no, this girl knew exactly what she was doing. Maybe not all the way along, but she was using this dude for her own purposes. And is like at the end of the day, again, it may be clunky. You may not like it, but at the day she uses him. You may find it, you know, not borderline, just patently incoherent. Right. Like Comple- yeah, that completely. it makes genuinely no logical narrative right. or emotional sense. And that's where I, w- I wonder, like, that's why I asked, like, what did uh, Amy Simons bring to the table that is still there and what isn't? And, like, how much of what they, did they From what I understand, thing? like, not, uh, none of, of what, okay. nothing of what you see is anything that she shot. Hmm. Um, no, it is all Sam Levins. Uh, but I from want, now I B. wonder how much that they did shoot with her, if anything. Like, was it an episode? Well, no, from what I understand, like 80% of the show was completed, right. and then they scrapped all of it. So I want to know what that go was. Back I would love to have it. those scripts. As would I, because uh, I've heard conflicting things, which is one that it was um, more focused on the cult aspect that's, of that's things. What I was, that's what I was Which wanting. seems odd, because that seems like more of the element that the weekend wanted to bring into it. Mm-hmm. So that confuses me there. Um, but then obviously I, I think inherently just you lose her perspective. And that was one of my biggest things is I was just like, she just feels like a cipher through so much of that show to me. Mm-hmm. There was no, like it never lets you in on her and again, a lot of things felt rushed and like, you know, haphazard and some of it worked. Sorry, getting back to, if I can say nice things about it. Yeah, yeah. What you were describing, the exploration of like fame mm-hmm. in today's society, those elements of the industry aspects of the show, the satire elements. Oh, yeah. I think are 
fantastic. And that's the show that I thought it should have been the whole time. Right. But literally within episodes, it felt so split brain where it was like first half hour of each hour is this industry satire that's super sharp and it'd be like the music video shoot or, you know, again, just the gaggle of them at her mm-hmm. house all commentating on all of this. Right. The vultures that showing up, the new exactly. writer, all that stuff. Like all of that, yeah. All of that industry stuff I thought was the best parts of the show, like mm-hmm. by far. And then it's like literally every episode would like stop on a dime. It's like, and now Tedros enters the action. Right. <laughs> and whenever it would become the Tedros Tedros show, I was just like, what the fuck is this? And that's where I'm like, what? Like, again, I, I don't know what, if any of the original vision of the Amy Simons version of this exists at this point. I like, I'm curious what it was because this feels very slapdash and like you can feel the edits on it, I guess Mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, almost every single episode is structured that way. And I, it never quite gelled for me. Um, and then I would say like, I, I went through waves with it where I was just like, okay, this is like, you know, super cringe. This is cringy as hell. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the sex scene that like everybody talks about, <laughs> which is just like the, my, again, my biggest thing was, it was just fundamentally to me so unsexy. Yeah. That's the point. It's not supposed to be. <sighs> the dude does not know what, that's the whole thing. He does not know. I, he's in over his head. He has no idea what he's doing. He's not the, the way see, they frame him and like, oh, he owns a club. And then he kind of like mysteriously walks into her house at the end of the night, just alone, just him like, oh, he's going to be this mysterious dude. And it's like, no, this oh, guy's dude, a fucking joke. No, con no, no, artist. no, when he's sizing it up. No, I agree. And I, this is the, I, I, I don't know if this is me giving the show the benefit of the doubt. Cause I don't know if it's something it was actively trying to achieve, but it definitely existed in this weird place because I'm sitting there for the first several episodes going like, I mean, this is like his thing. Yeah. He's the one who was like, I got to bring in Sam Levinson. I got to like salvage this project. I'm so, I had to become another person. I forgot how to sing because I became this dude who doesn't know how to sing. Like, do you have any idea how in this show and like all of that shit from the press tour where I'm just like, okay. This seems like, again, on its surface, what it's supposed to be is, like, ego writ large, okay? But then he's playing a character who is fundamentally a fucking joke. Yes. But the the dichotomy of those two things, though, I couldn't couldn't make it work in my brain for for several episodes because I was like, does the show, like, I was like, the show's actively commenting on it, particularly, like, her friend, the Rachel Sinek character, yes. who's just from the get-go, like, the, fuck this dude. Yeah. Like, he's so weird. But again, her, even with where the show ultimately goes, her being so into him from the get-go, just immediately, and me not knowing much about her, immediately put distance between me and that character. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, Oh, this is a terrible decision. Like what literally, what do you see in this guy? Like it makes me think less of you. Mm-hmm. And even with the turn of like, I was manipulating him the whole time. Like I knew exactly what I was doing, but then they're actually in love. Like that finale is 
bonkers. A house fire. Yes. In the worst possible way. Yeah. In a way that I'm like, that needs to be it. Oh, I want to. I don't need a second. Because season. as much as I would be curious for like, okay, season two is on tour. Like, I kind of, you know, I kind of want to see it. I don't know. Like, there's, there is that side of me that's like, dude, what if? What if they, what if they're just like, fuck it, we're doing season two, and you know, critics be damned. We'll see what happens. Good taste be damned. Let's let's go even wilder. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, that was my biggest thing is for something that was pitched as so like salacious and like you won't believe what they're doing in this show. It was like when they finally get down to showing you like what they're doing. I was just like, guys, this okay. is cute. This is real question. cute. This is this was is there... literally like the worst, like most base level, like Pornhub video level dialogue that he's doing right now. The way he's talking to her in those scenes. And yeah. again, I get the, I get what you're saying that it's supposed to be laughable, but I really and again I don't really remember the chronology of everything, but I, I'm trying to think when it really hit me where I was like, oh, they're truly depicting him as like, I guess it was episode four, where he hits like rock bottom, mm-hmm. you know, where she brings in other dude and she Rob. finally like wants to kick him out and everything, and she's like, did you have you met? He's like, have you met this dude? She's like, I don't know how to do who that guy is and takes Rob up to her bedroom. Yeah. And to me, if you look at it, Rob is really the only one who loses out. He His, his career is fucked over completely by this dude. 100%. And that's that's like the most unnerving thing I'm so pissed about. I'm like, dude, that guy didn't deserve that, you know, at all. She called I him mean, over to the house. The, the chef didn't deserve to get like fucking Nobody deserved slapped. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let me He's ask you this like, because I rewatched, I, I watched it, and nowhere in there I saw a thing that he posted, and it was a, it may have been something that they had already shot with Amy Simons, it may have been something that didn't make an episode, but it was something about somebody talking to her about Rolling Stone, and him basically saying like, why do we need to be interviewed by Rolling Stone? They want to interview her because she's got more followers than they do, so it's really our benefit if we let this happen so right. no we're not going to do it and I don't remember that being in any episodes I saw it's it, in one of the early trailers I think it yeah. is but I don't remember making it to the show and so my thing what I just thought you know just what I've always kind of had in my back of my mind that I'm just curious about I don't know when this idea came about but I would not be surprised if shortly after the Grammys told him we don't want you to perform because you're going to do the Super Bowl and we're not going to nominate you for anything if he got this idea and it said well fuck you I'm going to make a TV show about how bullshit the music industry is and that's where the original idea came from I, I mean I guess that's my other thing is like you know? I, I needed them to either lean harder into the satire um, and just be pure comedy mm-hmm. because all of the uh, I mean, as you mentioned in our previous episode, like the kind of like half-assed. Well, I'm doing, you know, I'm bringing back the erotic thriller. Oh, yeah. You know, it's Fairhoven. Yeah, it's sexy. I'm just like, it's not. It's really not. And at a certain point, I mean, your mileage may vary. Obviously, there's a lot of, um, it's a lot of different tastes out there. But at a certain point, when you've seen like every nook and cranny of Lily Rose Depp. Mm-hmm in like two episodes it's not even that it feels gratuitous it's just like you know what are we doing here right (laughs) i don't know you know i'm just like okay you're not really like you're not really titillating me i don't know if that's the point i don't know you know but whatever it's like this weird 
I don't know. It's this weird reverse feminism where it's like you you really feel like men will will we'll, we'll let them think that it's actually like super empowering to like yeah just flaunt their bodies, but we'll make them feel like you know it's what we actually want, but we'll let them think that it's what they want and like but they'll be cool with it now. Yeah, it's that weird like mentality to me, um, where it's like well, we're making her empowered. She's like you know. The secret was she was she had agency the whole time. Um, that is supposed to somehow justify like the objectification of her for five plus episodes. I don't know. Well, I mean, it's they, just, w- I don't yeah, know, but they, dude. They it, it was that, weird to not feel a little gross they, about it, yeah, even with you, him being made into a buffoon. Um, dude, when, <laughs> when they go to Rodeo Drive and he, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, just jerks off on some fucking, like, very expensive clothes or shoes, I'm sure, uh, in the corner. Like, I just, you know, we should all, again, I'm like, that's one of those scenes where I'm like, what what are we trying to achieve? It was like, you wanted, you really wanted to play this character. Mm-hmm. You thought this needed to, to be seen. Such a, I like guess a- I don't understand where the, where Tedros fits into all of it. If it's. If it's this big satire on like how fucked up the music industry is, but then it weirdly like weirdly wants to make this turn in the finale of like, okay. um, so, sorry, go ahead, right. go ahead. So in the op- in the first episode, we you know we find out all the stuff, mom, all that kind of stuff, right? Which again, supposedly is all bullshit. What do you mean? When we get to the finale, right? However, hear me out. <laughs> So, so it's just she's oh, finally it's, it's finally coming up the music videos they're going with the music video they get back on tour like it's finally like do or die time you're gonna have to nut up or shut up get back on this tour right. release this single that you may or may not like okay and in the past how have you dealt with it mom and we find out later stolen or not stolen valor whatever you want to call it mom <laughs> mom beats you with a hairbrush stolen right <laughs> That's so, definitely not what it's called. We can come up with a name, but that's definitely not what it's called. Continue. Right. But anyway, she's stealing thunder. Stolen or not stolen thunder. <laughs> um, mom mom kept you in line because if you got out of line, she she beat you with a hairbrush. Like, that was how you disciplined. So, you go to a club, and, you know, this guy who has nothing to do with you, who's you're not paying, who's not you're not making him any money, he singles you out. And maybe a little high, a little whatever, and you kind of make out with him. You get, maybe you think he's cool. You might feel like he's putting on this thing of like, oh, wow, look at him. And right. what happens? You, you invite him back and he doesn't he doesn't fuck you. Like everybody probably in the world would want to fuck you. But he doesn't the first time he meets you. What does he do? He blindfolds you and he chokes you. And at the last second when you're like, whatever, he, you know, cuts a knife through the thing that's choking you and says, all right, now you sing. And you're like, you're back in that frame of like, oh, wow, okay. I'm in a space with this person that like they can push me to be what I need to be as far as creatively sound and like getting this done. And so, yeah, it may be a little unorthodox. It may be like weirdly substituting this person in for like, you know, what my mom was as far as a motivator and keeping me in line. But like I found something that makes me, this person does something to me deep down that like makes me want to be creative to the point that I don't really like this song that the record company wants me to do to the point they don't even care if I do it they're going to ask the girl who invited me to the club who was a plant the entire time by this dude apparently they're going to ask her to do it 
So why don't I do, if, if I'm going to do this, I want to do it my way. You, you know, you get that fire, that muse back, like the, the muse of it all, the thing that makes you want to make music, whether it's good music, bad music, whether you love it. Like I, I genuinely get that. Like whatever she was recording, I feel that in those things where she's trying to show these people, like, look, this is me. This is like, I'm doing something different. Like I genuinely get it from her. Like, this is what she wants to do. And it just happens to take this weird dude who's in over his head, who's just a fucking piece of shit con artist from Hawaii, wife beater, want to be pimp dude, that like brought it out of her. Okay. But it's one of those things of how far are you going to go to keep that quote unquote golden goose around? How much of yourself are you going to let go? What are you going to do when it's up against it? And yeah, towards the back half of it, we, were, she, you, we see that like, okay, she starts to get like, this dude is, she never really comes out and gets like, oh, this guy's in a cult. Like these are a cult of people because the people that he keeps around him are insanely talented, you know? And that's one of the things I do appreciate about the show is showing uh, the world like these people. I'm sure people already knew them at some facet, but I mean, you, you put these people in prime time on HBO, the world's going to know who they are. And I, I hope that every one of them, if they want to, you know, pursue and explore music, do whatever, that they've got a better platform for it. You know, because I, I I think every one of the people who quote unquote's in his stable that that you know he changed their life, that they are talented in their own right. So the idea of her being able to say, well, you know what, you've been following this dude, and he got you to my house. So if you come with me on tour to be my opening act, leave this motherfucker behind and come with me, because yeah. she's finally gotten to the point. It's like she understands that, like, look, there is a line between again me liking this dude for a certain reason and me using him for, you know, a, to get something out of it for myself. So now that I've kind of seen that I'm going to move forward in this space of I'm in control again and I'm going to start playing him. And the first thing she does is I'm going to, you know, she's been, you know, getting eaten out in the back of a car and all this shit, the entire series What's the first thing she does when she kind of puts it together that, Oh, he was into this Asian girl that he, you know, sent to be in the video and then, you know, was going to try and take a song from me, yada, yada. What's the first thing she does? She calls her ex-boyfriend. The fact, the fact that that was like, that was the straw for her after all the other shit he's done, again, just makes me dislike her even more. Which, when it builds to a place of like, oh, okay, he was using her, she was actually using him, I guess they deserve each other. I was kind of like, okay, yeah, they're both, they both suck. Yeah. So fine. Um, I can't take credit for this one. Uh, Andy Greenwald on the Watch uh, podcast pointed this out, and I thought it was genius. So I just I got to throw it at you, mm-hmm. just as a because again I feel like the character's kind of a cipher and everything. What if this? And again, not to criticize the show for what it's not, but this is just like a hey, this is something that clearly went through different variations of like restructuring the plot, the characters, mm-hmm. whatever. So while we're just brainstorming, what if? This again, it was his take. What if she was this pop princess who's mm-hmm. fairly clean cut? Yeah. A lot of young girls who are fans, of which course, they yeah. mention when there's the yeah. whole, you know, come shot issue in yeah. the first episode. And she, as herself, you know, in dealing with all of this or whatever, is kind of like, you know, I've got these, I've got these urges. I want to be more outwardly sexual i want and and that's the tension with the label Mm -hmm. which of course would sound weird because it's like well sex sale sex sells regardless so whatever but 
But don't she, think that if she were this person who public persona had been very clean cut and everything, but then you realize in her private life she's into getting like tied up. She's and Hannah like, Montana to everybody else, but she's Miley Cyrus in private. Is what sure, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. If the, if that was the dynamic, and then basically them her people seeing her slip further into like that side of her life and wanting to bring that more into the music and the music becoming like more sexualized or weird or out there mm-hmm. as opposed to you start with, uh, I'm just a freak. Yeah. You know, I want yeah. it back. Dance number. Yeah. All the, yeah. You start at that level. It's already like hypersexualized, just like most pop is already. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I get that it would be weird to like be in that dynamic and you're playing, you'd be, way way more weirded out by like the age dynamics and like all that sort of stuff i get it but like wouldn't it make more sense narratively for like that to be the tension with like the public persona her trying to like find this new or express this new side of herself grow up reveal the new side of her artistry or whatever Mm -hmm. whereas opposed it just feels like well she's already this super sexual like pop icon and the difference is like i want to make my beats a little like slower and more stripped down and minimal and like I'm out of choir here. <laughs> it's right. just like yeah. throw Mike Dean on this shit. Yeah. It's just like the again the the leap, which to me was just like, oh, really? All it is is just bringing in more like art pop or like indie music influences into what you would pass off as mainstream. That's it. Mm-hmm. It's not really like that out there. But yeah, what if that was the dynamic and it was like, you know, this closeted personality? She's trying to find herself. She's struggling with like, you know, I don't know, I'm like discovering my sexuality and like, am I in control? Am I not? Or whatever. And it's all a build to like, I am in control. What ultimately fucking killed it for me, which honestly could have salvaged it. Cause I, th- the finale, the kind of like centerpiece concert sequence where like everybody gets to perform mm-hmm. all of that at the house. Tedros is in like complete breakdown mode, which mm-hmm. I just love seeing. Oh yeah. And that's when I was fully like, dude, I truly, I like, I, I guess hats off to you to like I, you went so full bore into a character that is like so off putting and so complete. It's like he very much wanted to be like, if I'm going to act, I want to like I I want to I don't want to be show the off the at acting. All. And yeah. I again, I don't I think there's a lot of aspects of the performance that do not work. But then they're kind of lampshaded, like you said, by the fact that he's supposed to be a joke. So the things that you're maybe like, oh, he didn't sell that. It's like, oh, well, it's the false bravado. Yeah. You know. And and so I do have issues with that, too, where it's like, I, I don't know. It's kind of like tailored to have him, if you're being generous to the show, come away being like, oh, I think he kind of did something there. Because that was definitely the... I would say the biggest constant running thing beyond just like, oh, the show is gross. It's so cringy, blah, blah, blah. It was just like, he is like he's bad he's not a good actor or whatever and i came fully around on the performance but here's what killed it for me you have all of that she kind of sends him off it's like you know pay him off pay him whatever he needs get him out of my fucking life Mm -hmm. and then we go to sofi stadium we flash ahead all of that it's like oh she got everything together it's like she's killing it Mm -hmm. everything went off without a hitch uh and then he comes up to get the ticket. And I was just like, it should be, he should not be on that list. Like it should, his fucking shit should end right there. Mm-hmm. The fact that he came in, I was like, okay, all right. Maybe she's got some kind of like grand fuck you plan for it. Oh yeah. And so I'm still thinking like, that's where we're headed with all of this. 
And when it ends with like, well, I'm still you thinking fu- you fucked me, I fucked you, but now I I'm in control, I'm top dog, and we're trapped in this like dis- you know disgusting yeah. love affair forever. Uh, the sick, twisted, dark fantasy. I know that's a Kanye thing, but yeah. it seems like a weekend. You know, could have been a weekend album title. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I fully was like, "Fuck you guys!" <laughs> like I just, I totally, I just was like, "No, this is not like." I, you almost had me back on your side, where I was like, "I don't know, dude. This was a wild ride, but like, okay, this is kind of this, it, you know." I'm more I'm more positive than negative on it. Where I'm like, man, this is like a seven, but that it I it see, felt I'm, like such a fundamental like well, see, we I'm, don't know what to do here, so we're gonna take the biggest left turn, whether we've earned it or not. It felt so strange to me, and again, borderline incoherent. Where I was like, I this this renders me literally incapable of like putting a like this is what the show was saying on this, like really having a takeaway because again, my only takeaway was like, Oh, the industry is a terrible place. Shitty people like, or terrible behavior is ignored because people are profitable and we throw people away, blah, blah, blah. But like within that, the only way to like find love is to find a fucking soul that's as fucked up as you are. Like, is that what we're saying with it? I don't. What I mean, what did you what did you take away with the with the term, which we both agreed is fundamentally fucking batshit. Yeah, is a crazy place to end an already insane television series. Well, see, I was wanting it to go further, and I wanted it to be like in the credits, him just like walking back. Her music blaring, like stuff that he has gotten out of her blaring and him having the realization of like, that girl's only on stage because of me, but can't hack the idea that he doesn't matter. Because they've told you the IRS is probably going to go after him. He's been exposed, yada, yada, yada. He doesn't have any of his acts anymore. And just him going back to her dressing room and blowing his brains out. That's what I was wanting it to lead to, to this ultimate thing of like, who is truly in control? Because it's like, Okay, she's told you, like, yeah, you're my muse, and, like, we may not be good together all the time, but, like, I see something in you, and, like, I need you around. So it's like, now you only exist as a as possibly somebody that she can use to make good music, only for inspiration, even if it's, like, she never deals with you again. Or she could be in love with you for the rest of your I life. Still, we don't know. I it's, still don't know, like, what fundamentally she needed him for in the music realm. Like... Beyond the fact that he brought Mike Dean to that house, which coincidentally provided like some of the biggest laughs of the finale, which was just like his crew, like active, just basically playing the audience of like, yeah, this shit's fucking wild. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say uh, we mentioned some of the, uh, the stars, Tedros's, Mm -hmm. uh, array of stars. Moses Sumney is somebody who I knew by name but had not really seen in anything. Uh, he was great, obviously. Uh, but, I'm excuse me, her name escapes me. The uh, the girl at the piano? Yes. Yeah. Did you ever see Red Rocket? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, She was... Yeah. She did the Bye 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 cover in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, she is... Susanna Sohn. Yeah. I couldn't think of her name. Yeah, she played Chloe. Uh, I also haven't shouted her out yet. Uh, love her and everything. 
just absolutely crushed it. Jane Adams as oh, God, the. Uh, I, mean, I don't know as dime, one of the one of me, the execs, one of the, one, of the but, one of the most perfect representations of what I assume a music exec has to be. Right. You know who you know it's like it doesn't. People are just capital, and if you can't do this, that's fine. I'm gonna go get somebody else. But I'm I'm gonna cover my bed to where I don't totally alienate you. And every time you see her, it's like you know this bitch does not want to be here. She's concerned about the money, all this other stuff. But she has the, she's turning it on. Like oh my god, Jocelyn, you're so great. It's like yeah, bitch, we know you're fake. But that's like again, is that the whole meaning of the show? That this is just everybody in the music industry is fake. Nothing's real. I guess that at the end, I'm like, if that's meant to be my takeaway, I was like, did you really need? you know however many million dollars and like two fail or like a failed attempt at it and a redirect to get to that as like what you have to say because i'm like kind of already knew that bud like yeah you know um i will also say you know there was the whole weird thing where it's like all of a sudden five was the finale and some people were confused because like, we thought it was going to be six. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, HBO just didn't communicate it properly because it was always meant to be five. When mm-hmm. when it went from the first iteration of the project to the second one, re-editing, etc. But it's hard to feel like it, need, it, it needed one more episode. Yeah. Before that finale. I still think that finale would have like killed it still if it ends where it ends. But I also feel like they could have earned that finale with one more episode before we got there but what did you need in that episode to earn it well I need maybe a restructuring of the season my biggest things and like one of the biggest like again I'm not like rooting for a season two if we get one obviously we'll fucking watch it but yeah uh Rachel Sennett's character her best friend yeah who kind of just like fades to the background again is like verbally abused and just embarrassed by Tedros like multiple times um, ends up leaving the note at the end of the uh, of the finale. We never find out what it says, but obviously, I was like, I kind of like, I'm curious where that goes. But to that point, I needed more of them. I needed more of Jocelyn as who she was. And I get that she's introduced to you in flux. She doesn't really know, you know, right. Because she's dealing with the trauma of losing so maybe her mom Jocelyn and all that. before this, like with her I mom, needed, something I needed to show maybe, me what, how big of a star she I was. I don't even maybe flashbacks. Yeah. Episodically, I know that's kind of a cliche, and they maybe don't want to do that. Um, but I, I that's what I needed more of her as a character because, and even even if we were gonna still try and go with this weird like femme fatale, is she in control? Is she not? Side of things. I also. You know, I never thought we fully made good on like, I, I was waiting for a murder. To be honest with you, did, I was you, waiting right, for. Did you ever see Neon Demon? Is that, is that a serious question? You saw it, right? We haven't talked about it, you and I together. So, but I got really like Neon Demon vibes in the beginning. Like I was like, oh, this is gonna be like that. Maybe we're never gonna see this guy in the daytime. He only like comes around at night. Not that he is a literal vampire, but like he's a, a figure to the vampire. Like figuratively, he's a vampire because we only see him at night. And like he's very groggy and doesn't want to come around during the daytime, even when he's moved into her house. Like we only see him in like a dank basement studio kind of thing in the house right. as a metaphor of like, oh, people who are trying to come after you in the business, they're gonna suck you dry like a vampire because they're trying to use you. And then the turnaround being like, oh, no, you're actually using him because 
he put you a thing. The other thing I, I want to mention, I can buy that she was in control the entire time. And this is just a personal thing because I understand everything she's put into by him. Not so much the music bit, the music business. She is under the knife. She is under the thumb. She has real, no, no control. Right. You know, she has to submit that control and let other people do these things. She has to do this for other people with him. You may not get it in the first couple episodes, but as you flesh it out in the world of what we're like terrible, what we're seeing as far as the sex scenes and like anything involving like him being trying to be more dominant over her in that world, the person who is like submitting and being like having stuff under them, they do have all the power because they do have the ability to say, uh, uh-uh, done. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not submitting. I'm, I'm done with this at a drop of a hat. Now, you may not feel that and see that in these episodes. It may come across as, oh, this guy Tedros, who has no idea what he's doing, is a dweeb, like just a nerd. Like, oh, yeah, girl, you like that? I want you to do this. So fucking lame. And so it's like, no one does that. <laughs> you know, I've never been like, yeah, not do this. No, no one fucking does. Like the worst Pornhub parodies do that shit, Again, right? Yeah, it's like what a 13-year-old exactly. idea of sex is like. It reminded me of like that SNL skit when they were like talking about Andy Samberg being like, I'm a boobs in a Game of Thrones. That's what I do. You know, it's like you got to have the tits. So like they had Andy Samberg be the, the 13-year-old boy that decides when tits come out. It's like, but she she would have been in control of all of that, you know, because she could say stop because is this dude really going to fucking like hurt this this cash cow, he's going to be that dude that's going to like mess up her vocal cords or like, you know, hit her in a place where people are going to see that she's been hit, that sort of thing. So like I bought into more of like, oh, well, she she's not who we like. We don't know who she is, but she's not who the show is trying to make me think she is because she's in control of everything when it comes to him and this music, everything else she has no control over. So why? And that's a huge thing. That's this looming thing that's going to like make or break her. So if she has no control there, of course she's going to want every ounce of control from this relationship, this person, whatever. So that's why she throws herself so heavy into it is because, hey, with this dude, yeah, I'm more of the submissive. I may be on the bottom end of things, but like I can control that. I can say no to the point that, again, we get to this kind of half ass like, oh, well, now that I've figured out through, I don't know, I can't remember if her friend tells her or like, is it the, her, which friend of it tells like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, she was just down at the record industry. You know that, uh, you know, Tedros told her to come to, to bring you to the club that night, right? When she gets the realization and sees him talking to her and she was like, yeah, well, it's the Chloe character yeah, that Chloe's, basically yeah, tells like, her everything. Like, did yeah. she ever have a thing with him? Like, oh, I don't know. Like, you know, maybe it, it you get to that petty jealousy point. It's like, oh, okay, so I'm not, because up until then, there's never really any other interaction with a female that is that, like, he has to boss them around. He has to talk down to them because he kind of controls her in that way and talking for her and doing things. So he has to do that to every other female. But the minute he doesn't, to this female, it's like it clicks to her, like, oh, whatever I thought I was with this guy, he's not on the same page as me because he's over here with this chick. And now I find out this chick is possibly plotting to like ruin me. So what am I going to do? I'm going to do what every woman is going to do. I'm going to shut him down. I'm going to emasculate him in the best way possible. I'm going to invite my ex-boyfriend over again. All of that totally makes sense to me. Yeah. It's just where we end up in the finale. Doesn't 
Right. Um, but I mean, come on. If you had the golden goose, if you had that thing that like, I don't, but I don't get why he's that thing. I just, it, it never it, makes it me, be, be, it, it never makes me believe that they need each other to do this thing that she's doing. It just, okay. Wait, dude, that's the, that's the end of it all. It's we're like, never, whatever it is, never gonna, whatever that <laughs> is, is the idol. The thing you idolize, you want, that's going to make you do okay, whatever, I, you know, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, ultimately, you know, I'm not mad I watched it. Yeah. It was, it was entertaining, if not, uh, just, uh, look, if you needed something, if you needed <laughs> morbidly something, fascinating, listen, uh, if you needed something to make you most miss of the, the fact time. that succession was over and it was you funny, watch the idol. Right. And it was, it was very funny at times. Yeah. Sometimes I felt intentionally so sometimes i felt very unintentionally so uh i do i feel like we didn't shout out hank azaria who again uh, most of the performances i think outside of lily rose depp and uh abel tesfaye i think are pretty pretty phenomenal across the board and every even though some of those people do feel like they're in different shows uh the two leads, I don't, you know, I have mixed feelings. But, but I, what about the music, Noah? Did you like the music at all? I mean, honestly, so like her, that was the other thing is I was like, when they come in with the remix, like, oh, I fixed, I made it, you know, this is more her now. This right. is more what you're about. I was just like, yeah, other version was better. Like, yeah. like sorry, this remix isn't hitting basically um i thought it never uh i thought overall they could have done worse obviously i mean you got fucking again mike dean and the weekend like producing all the songs for this but there is no i mean other than again uh was it world-class center yeah is that big single it's like that was catchy as hell mm-hmm. like that i would probably listen to again um him covering like John Lennon doing Jealous Guy and everything. Um, I mean, I, I liked that. It was fine. But, uh, yeah, were you following along with, like, the drops? Yeah, they yeah. They were doing just, episode yeah, by yeah. episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't over the moon with the actual, like, just score, score. I mean, obviously, I love it. It was just a bunch of, like, fucking droning sense. It yeah. was moody as hell. And, again, like, visually, it fucking, like, it looked like millions of dollars. I love shit that's actually shot on film. Like Sam Levinson knows how to shoot shit. This is yeah. That was this only is the great trick how, of. How much do you of the watch name? Euphoria? That's what I was going to ask. How much of the name do you think, like, got the eyes that it got? If we hadn't said, oh, and it's the guy who made Euphoria making this show, do you think anybody would like one have watched? If two, it had been what, sold solely on the weekends back, I think it had maybe done like half of what it did right. objectively. Okay. But do I think you the think combination and, and, of the two of them and the storyline of like, he handpicked Sam Levinson. He right. like wanted okay. him to do it. So, and do you think again, name, do you think had that not been released and just been like, this is a thing. Do you think there would be a discussion around it as it is? Because I feel like possibly because of the success of euphoria, when people, Oh man, the guy who did euphoria and the weekend are making a show for HBO. 
I definitely had a lot different picture than what the thing was going to be in my head. Again, I was like, oh, this guy's a fucking like he's a cult leader. It's going to be some weird neon demon type shit. And we're going to get great music out of it. And at the end of the day, if this girl doesn't wind up eating, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess that's you know my I mean? thing. It's like, I, if anything, I wanted it to lean further into the, the crazy bullshit. Yeah, I wanted it to be a like a 90s erotic thriller. And right. I think that juxtaposed with this media like industry satire would have been a really strong show. I think the like the cult thing we ultimately got with him coming in and taking over the house just never again, it just never fucking fully gelled. It so felt we, very what, like what if we so like, passive on her part and again made me just every every beat of that character along the way just served to put more and more distance between me and her. And again, I don't need to like or root for the people I'm watching on television or in movies. It is not a prerequisite for me to enjoy something. But when you're telling this story and she is ostensibly your lens, and when I'm also coming in with the knowledge of, like, this was going to be helmed by Amy Simons, a female director, and now it's essentially been taken over or hijacked however you want to look at it by these very like male dominant personalities and I'm like every frame of this has like a half naked or pretty much fully naked Lily Rose Depp like constantly and it's just hard to feel like that probably wasn't a part of the original conception of this and so I'm like I'm already feeling like she's objectified you're giving me nothing to latch on to I just don't like I don't know I feel like I'm just talking in circles, dude. Yeah, and we've almost sense. gone an hour on more what than I you ever wanted to. Yeah, I more than that. I ever planned to. We were never going to fully see eye to eye on it. If That's they make fine. a second season, if I will. They make a second season. She should be full on Catherine Tramell, just like fucking yeah, basic instinct. I guess, killer. again, that, yeah, on I didn't finish that thought. But yes, that's where I yeah. wish it would have gone, is more in that vein. Yeah. Um, not whatever all of that stuff was. Okay. Uh, yeah, but you. Do you have any desire to watch Euphoria now that you have um, yeah, seen this? Yeah, I'll probably. I'm kind of surprised that you had not watched it before. Yeah. Really um, another show again. The Sam Levinson of it all. I feel like we laid all of this at the feet of of the weekend, but I mean, Sam Levinson's a comp. He's he's one of the. I don't know. I have complicated feelings about him because he's one of these have his cake and eat it too motherfuckers. Where I'm like, of the same. Constantly, he constantly is like pushing the envelope but also like basically like you know hey hey you see how much i'm pushing the envelope hey say something about it you're square you're fucking weird it's that energy of just like if you don't like this you can't handle it you're just like you just don't get it you're not not of course these girls it's in high school that, do fucking drugs, man. What are you, it's, nuts? It's that... What, are you living in the 50s? It's that tone of it. Yeah. Like, that sometimes I just want to be like, dude, fuck you. Because Euphoria is him top to bottom. Like, every episode is written by him. Every episode is directed by him. Like, it is his auteur, baby, top to... So every... For good and bad, all of the... Like, but it is one of those shows where the high highs and what it does well is just like so fucking spectacular at times that it lets me forgive the times when I'm just like, I cannot believe you're doing this right now. And and again, that's the having his cake and eating it too. He's actively doing it at all times and it's frustrating, but he, 
there are so few American provocateurs. I feel like that has kind of that's kind of dead. Yeah. Like, and it it used to be way more of a, a European like tradition. And, and that, I feel as far like as I'm sure, with that, Lark, that is after, her. she is European. Her mother's European. Like this is her on like this is sure. The, and that character wanna... of Jocelyn's like a European. Like it's there is she has no problem okay. with her own nudity or anything like that throughout the entire show. Her body's her body. She can do what she wants to do with it. She's actively okay. Like I don't care about the nudity writer. Take that off. Whatever. You know. And they're like, well, we can't. Like that. You know, we can't do this. Like, yeah, we can. It's that simple. So like, again, she has like she's fine with it. She's in control of her own body. What gets out there about it? She's a little worried about the whole like cum shot thing. But like <laughs> at the end of the day, it doesn't seem to be that big a deal. They say like, it'll be a new cycle thing. They'll get over it. They'll come right. back. You know, they're still going to come to your concert. I still want to you know? know if she used it as the album cover or not. See, when we, you said that, I instantly thought about, I don't know, I can't remember the name of her first album, and I don't know if she's ever going to put a second one out, but there's that Sky Fieri album that she's, the cover photo of her is just her naked in the shower, uh-huh. you know, just like. Not familiar. Okay. And like, that is one of those, I was like, I don't care about like that as like a, ooh, look, at it's like, Yes. Like, own it. Like, you wanted that picture out there. That's the cover of your album. Do that shit. Because the album is great. I love I love her voice. I wish she would do more music and whatnot. I don't know if she's transitioned to acting more, whatever it is. But I think she has a beautiful voice. I think she's gorgeous. And that album is just like, that is what was kind of like in my mind frame of like, maybe that's a her. As far as like, what, um, what Johnson was supposed to be. Like, a mix of her, again, in with like, Maybe a little bit of Miley Cyrus, Hannah Montana, good on, you know, goody, goody on like as a younger artist. And now she's trying to break out some. And then weirdly, it was just like, I don't know. I just, I, I think that's really, if I had to say my own, my biggest problem is like, I just did not understand the level of fame she was at at this point. Was she already like a pop idol? And, or was like you said, this kind of being more of her transition into trying to become what she thought she needed to be as a pop. Like what, it, what is it that you're right. It is very, you know, it's not giving it to you correctly, but again, I, it was one of my favorite artists of the, of, of all time doing a TV show for HBO. And I mean, I go, you know, I appreciate him going chose, so far. What he chose to do with it yeah. will forever remain very fascinating to me. And if anything, you know, I, it's always, it's a persona. Yeah. Right? right. And I'm saying if anything, it only adds to the mystique for sure. Yeah. Which is just like, what the fuck was this thing? I'm sure, like, in his mind, you know how I think he thinks of this? Mm-hmm. This is his I'm still here. Yeah. I can see that. This cool. is his, like, I'm going to play a fucking week. Like, maybe I'm, I'm going to do this. It's almost an exploration of like how some people may see me, yeah, or maybe you know. But it's not even that because again, he's not, you know, he's not smooth. He's not safe. It's like I don't know, playing against all the preconceived notes again. I have this instinct to want to give him way more credit mm. than I feel like he actually deserves. But like maybe maybe there's some weird brilliance in there. I I I have to stop talking about okay. it. We it's fifty five minutes into the pod. All right. If anybody is still listening, you guys want to hear about the bear? You want to take a take a ride up to old Chicago, take the L train, uh, and yeah, uh, bear. and grab sure, a beef. Bear. 
We, yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Gav was. We had reservations, but Gavin was late to dinner. Uh, he just now caught up on season one, uh, full full year later in time to watch season two. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's talk about the bear. I mean, <laughs> I think it goes without saying that uh, I text you. The show completely got brought. I'm, I'm six episodes in. And I'm like, these fuckers aren't wearing hairnets. <laughs> and you, to which you told me, that's a lie. I was that's like, a, I've been shame. working. And in foods. my head, I'm like, that's an OSHA violation or a DHEC violation. There's hair <laughs> I everywhere. Was like, I've been working in food service for like 10 years and I've, I've yet to see a hairnet. Um, I mean, the, the ladies that I work with pull their hair back. Yeah. I think that's all. I mean, we've had DHEC, you know, we're inspected yeah. regularly. Never, we don't have issues with hair in our food or whatever, but yeah, I get, you know, I just, it was one of those, but then like, I looked it up when you said that. Cause I was like, oh shit, man. Like, I you know, nobody's ever, I, and I work front of the house for the most part. It's like, I, you know, I, I am in the kitchen though. And I look it up and it's like anyone who's in a prep area or comes into contact with food must wear. And it's like, I run the food. So technically I should have one on too. I was yeah. Like, and I'm just like, who, but I was like, but. Nowhere do I go, do I see hairnets? Yeah, you know I'll see people in Lunch the kitchen ladies. with Lunch like ladies, that's it. You know, maybe a chef's hat or maybe a bandana, maybe. And but, but I like, mean, I could argue you could argue a bandana is a hairnet because you anything to keep like follicles from the front falling in front of your face. I feel like anything behind your head is fair play because you're not going to be like you're looking at the food when you're making it. You don't have your back turned to it ninety percent of the time. Right. That's fair. Let's let's try not to get hung up on the hairnets. Yeah. So you, that was a little bit of a, a bridge to cross. Yeah. But you also, you alluded to not being completely, so like the show kind of had to win you over a little it bit. It did because like, I just, I didn't fucking get it. I was like, it's just fucking food, you know? <laughs> and like, again, I understand, okay? Where's the arc? Where's I get, the, no, no, I get it. Where's the narrative? Where's the action? I get it because <laughs> I have had many a night where after, either before we started drinking or after we started drinking, I have fired up dad's grill. I have cooked some burgers for my drunk friends and they love me for it. I understand when they talk about chefs wanting to take care of people, making food for them. And again, theoretically, with every dish that a chef creates, you are giving that chef, you're putting your life in that chef's hands because one, they're the ones responsible for what's put put in front of you. And you were telling them, I want this and I'm going to eat it. And you don't know if you have an allergy. You should by now if you're an adult. But you got to make sure the beef is correct and there's that it hadn't been sitting out. Especially chicken can't be sitting out at room temperature. It has to be cooked a certain way. And like that's the thing that makes me about like blowfish. Now it's like, oh, if you <laughs> if you cook a blowfish to a certain degree or you do it a certain way, you'll kill whoever eats it. And it's just this one other way, and it's a delicacy. It's one of the best things you can eat in the world. But if done wrong, you'll fucking die. Like I get it that it the best you, black owned sushi bar yeah. in all of Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, I miss that show so fucking much, man. I just dude, just real the, quick. The, I did the blowfish <laughs> cheek is a delicacy. <laughs> I just I just saw a reel and it's just like I love how Darius doesn't get the get, doesn't get the issue and he's like, I don't want to kiss my friends for shoes. So you want to kiss strangers for shoes? I don't I don't get it. <laughs> Come on, boy. boys, I got a line. I need to hurry up. I'm just like, dude, I oh fucking miss that show, show like so much. It's just, it's fucking wild. Um, but yeah, I, I like, I, I didn't, I didn't gel with me because like, I just wasn't like, I was like, oh, this is like, 
I don't know if the guy who made it is a chef. Maybe he was. Maybe he never was. Maybe he had a friend who was. But he, this, he's very much plugged into the the restaurant industry. His sister is a like a yeah. world class chef, mm-hmm. and um, and I, I appreciate Maddie Matheson, real life chef who plays Fack. Yeah, on yeah. The, yeah. Okay. He's like the food consultant as well. Hmm. Um, yeah. I like the facts. They're they're good facts. Yeah, okay, but anyway, come to Thanksgiving anytime. Yes, so very much like a, a lover uh, and a, an appreciator, if you will, of the world of food, but not some somebody like I guess I would say myself, who like maybe had has worked at some point or worked at like a low end of one of this, but you know, has an appreciation for like yeah, you quote, I mean, unquote, you, fine you, dining. You get it because both you know, sides of the you you've been in back house, you've been in kitchens, you know that essentially. All, everything come, it, everything comes to these people the same way. All the raw shit they get comes to them the same way, and it's oh up to yeah, the, like like what comes to your salad like place. Seventy percent of places you to go to place, are all using the same. It yeah, all comes from Cisco product, yeah. Cisco Foods or whatever. U.S. All, foods, U.S. Cisco, foods. It all yeah. comes from that. If you want to break yeah. it down, and I don't have any illusions that that's where all that shit's coming from. There, even if they're buying it from someone else, or, only thing you could probably say is different is where you get your your fresh seafood from. Like I would argue that maybe it's the same way. And they there's talk some about, places that are specifically yeah. are like farm to table or specifically yeah. like oh we only do local stuff. Right. But yeah, so even most that, of yeah. your like super high end restaurants like in a place like Charleston are all are just like this is dressed up version of the same shit that base product that everybody else is using mm-hmm. yeah for yeah. sure it's like the idea that like fucking lobster was a peasant food and now somehow it's like the most expensive thing you can buy because oh look how big it is mm-hmm. when really it's just the people up in maine had a ton of lobster and they're like we gotta fucking sell this shit how do we get it out of here yeah. well we make it a big deal we put a spin on it side and note lobster sucks crab it's way better. terrible crab is all but the new england clam <laughs> chowder is that the red or the white ah, i never remember that white um, okay um, so yeah so i get it and i i and showing me where these people were coming from in the first couple episodes i really the only person this is gonna sound really stupid really like really dumb the only person that i gave a shit about that i cared about was richie first, i know first richie. season i yeah any season i am no no richie. No, 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 no no we all but are I'm, richie. I'm specifically asking first season you were already on board with Richie. Richie, all day long. Okay, so here's my whole thing. I adored the first season. I was like, this feels so like close to the bone. Right. Um, that I couldn't like separate how it is. For anybody that's worked food service of any level, it just nails so many tiny little things yeah. i don't know how to express that and i figured that's and people, what this is doing. nothing new that anybody hasn't already said about it but it feels so lived in and authentic and there's definitely people who have like picked apart the more like high-end aspects of it or just like little details whatever but it feels emotionally right and it feels very grounded and very naturalistic mm-hmm. i also had been really jonesing for a show and i didn't know that it was kind of missing from my but a feel-good show, which I don't have a ton of these days, where it's just like, I'm just here for these characters because I like these people and I like hanging out with them. The last one that really was like a start-to-finish, like, sticks in my mind, was Parks and Rec. Yeah. Of just a, like, these people bring me nothing but joy. The stakes are never that high. 
but I just like hanging out with these people. I like watching them be nice to each other. Well, that if you're talking about okay. that, yes. Well, but let me, if you're going to go further, Atlanta would have been my last one after that. Let me finish my thought. Atlanta again. Atlanta just to me is just people. it's abs- it's elevating above abs- everything else. Yes, yes. but it, yeah, and Atlanta operates on a whole other level. But again, characters that I just loved and just wanted to hang out with. Right. But I guess another element, I guess, that goes with that Parks and Rec thing and the show I'm about to talk about. It's nice to like root for people. Which is not something you like necessarily get out of Succession or Barry. It's like I'm not rooting for these people in the way that you traditionally do some other characters. Mm-hmm. And just like an underdog or just like a, hey, just somebody trying to get by. That aspect I felt like was so much better. And it took me back to Friday Night Lights was the last time I felt this way about, I remember just like, I just fucking love these people and these little small victories and here's the thing and here's the difference from it from it and parks and rec and that puts it more in line with the bear the the dose of reality that's in there Mm -hmm. the grit if you will the not everything always works out sometimes shit's rough for people Mm -hmm. people have bad things happen to them the balance of that so that whenever people do get these little tiny victories you just like fucking feel it that much more Mm mm-hmm um, I just, I hadn't felt that way about a show in a really long time. And that's why I've latched on. It was my favorite show of last year. It is my number one of this year because two took it to another level. I say all of this to say. That you still haven't watched Ted Lasso and it's the I same exact show. Okay. I, I the know. same exact Sure, show. sure, sure. I on know that you're premise com- you're talking about. You're coming in because you, you got there first. I, uh, I get that maybe. Yeah. I'm just asking if you saw that video I sent you on it. I did, of okay. course. I think I thought I liked it, but apparently not. Okay. Richie in the first season was the one guy where I was just like, this fucker, dude, like this guy's just got, he's got to get his shit together, man. Like I, I, kind of like, I love everybody. I'm rooting for everybody. Kind of can't stand this dude. And to your point, season two, um, I mean, pretty much from the get go, but it happens in the one-two punch of six and seven, which we'll get. I mean, I'm sure you kind of want to talk about some of the highlight episodes, but yeah, that was no, not that the so, show needed to win me over, but that was my one thing where I was like, you took maybe the one character that I was kind of like, I don't know, tough sell, even though I love the performance and I love the actor, but I was just kind of like, I don't know, fucking Richie. And to take him and basically transform him into the complete heart and soul of everything that like is great about this show um, was one of the absolute highlights of season two for me. So, so it's, it's a combination because I don't know if it's episode two or three, whatever the episode is where she has to go with him to get the right kind of like drywall or whatever it is to fix the caulk up, whatever to fix, whatever. And they're in her, her car, she's driving him. Um, and he answers the phone. And he has to talk to his little girl. Who's oh, excuse not doing me. Good. I forgot that first. Right. That episode that, was in the first season. That was the first time where I was like, that is just, that from then on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was always about him. I get it that it's about bear. It's about that whole thing with the brother and the sister and life moving on and all that. But to me, I was just like, I fucking know this dude. I know this motherfucker. Things did not happen 
the way he wanted them to happen and to see how much joy and how great it was at Thanksgiving, the promise of what could have been that life of like with my girl and all that. And to know where we're find that out after knowing where we're at. And just when you get to like, he asked me to marry him and all this other stuff. It's like that dude is the most real lived in guy. And like he has, he goes home to just himself. And he does this and that. And like the scene towards the end of the first one, he's like, I'm fucking quit. And I'm like, everybody know every, we all know that dude. We all know that dude that shit changes at work and their go-to, maybe not off the, off the cuff, but like after a little bit, they're like, I'm fucking quit, man. I'm just going to go. It's like, no, you're not. We know you're not, but you say that all the time, bro. I get it. But at the end of the day with what they do with him, the way they turn him around, I got it whenever like, you know, she explains to Bear, like, you know, if they say chefs want to take care of people, you can't take care of people if you're not okay. I got that part of it. But the conversation with the chef, um, the chef at the restaurant and leaving it on like, well, what is, how did your dad always sign the letters? And like, you realize, oh, it's this phrase, you know, make every, whatever, every second counts, whatever it is like that. Okay. I get it. Like that conversation, him with that, like, as far as I'm concerned, master chef. You know, if you want to get technical, yes, his bear was like the chef at the restaurant, but he's kind of come down a peg or two to build himself back up. This lady's on top, as far as I'm concerned, you know, humanizing her and having them. The conversation he had with her, probably one of my favorite scenes in that episode, which is only only compared which is to the him. best episode of the series. Oh, yeah. For, but thus far, arguably the, the best yeah, episode the best of the year, yeah. maybe. Even though, again, it follows what is like the flashier, like maybe this is the episode of the year, which is fucking Thanksgiving with yeah. the cavalcade of cameos yeah. and guest stars. But before we even get there, okay, so I was I was in love from the get-go, but I think I, I had it in my number one slot, but I think I even rated the first season of the show like a 9.5 because I was like, I love this. This is so great. I feel like it, you know, I'm leaving room for it to get even better and i mean i had the highest of expectations but they just like they shattered all of them with season two to me personally and the way before we get to those highlight episodes but the way that we like let's really like let's let's spend some time with sydney and her dad dude fucking robert townsend coming dude let's spend time with marcus on his dessert journey and bringing in like will poulter as the chef and like all of that stuff dude him saving the man again, like the that well that accident, whole episode yeah. just like not taking any of the obvious turns where it's like you expect him to go in there and it'd be this like rigid like oh my god it's gonna suck for him and like maybe he doesn't have what it takes but like and maybe like this chef's gonna be like a huge dick but it's like totally not that at all and it's just like yeah just these nice little just subversions of your expectations just are fucking pay off so big so but getting to spend time with them and then you have like tina and ibrahim are yeah. doing the training and like you know he tina's doesn't take dude, to uh, it tina's, tina's arc in second, the first dude. season yeah dude the little shit where it's just like where she makes the potatoes i think it is and gets sydney to taste them it's like go ahead tell me it tastes like shit she's like no it's great she's great like, chef. Yeah. yeah just that those those started in season one and the again those little tiny moments of like kindness between characters it just I don't know, just it, that shit just like I don't know. It hits because it's something you don't 
see that often on TV because we, we more gravitate towards stuff that's like high drama, tension, like angst between characters and stuff. But again, you there forget are how three satisfying. seasons of Ted Lasso that okay, you can enjoy I get that it. with. I get it. I get it. You would, st- you would feel the same way. I get it. Before the year's out, please. It's not that hard. Okay. Okay. I'll get back on Apple TV Plus. I'll log in tonight before I leave. Can you... I'm on. Do that online. I'm in mom and dad's TV. I'm on Bex's TV. I'm on my own PlayStation. I'm pretty sure I could just log in on here as me, and you'll be fine. I'll even give you the password, so in okay. case it makes you log in again, you can re-log in again later. We'll do that. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Fine. We'll do it live. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and don't start with Solo. I know what you're gonna Silo. I know what you're gonna do. You're gonna watch Silo first. It's Graham Yost, dude. I didn't realize it was Graham yeah, Yost. Dude, it's so good. Nobody told me. I mean, obviously. Rebecca Fricks. Yeah. But uh but still. Nobody told me it was the I mean, new Obviously, Rashida Jones was the whole reason. You know. Um, anyways. Yeah. I got lost. Okay, we can go ahead. Episode I just episode I six. I mean, well we can I how did you feel about like the I mean, okay. Carmi's maybe not like your dude. How'd you feel when we get to the end of season one though? I mean the one or like AA meeting? Yeah. I mean, dude's, dude's a killer, dude. I, I'm not even, dude. I, like, I can't fuck with him because, like, he's I never, on, he's I there. never watched Shameless or anything. No. So from, I'm coming at this from a place of just like, I, I saw this dude in the rental. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't really know Jeremy Allen White, and of course I look him up and I'm like, oh, I've seen, I've seen him in a few things here or there, but just like never fully popped for me. And then I'm watching that and I'm like, dude, he's in that weird like new school, like it's like him. Christopher Abbott, there's a couple other dudes who I'm like, these guys, if, if like, they were allowed to be, like, the big movie stars, which it seems like Jeremy Allen White, like, might get to that status, was like, they're the, there's a handful of dudes that have that, like, Pacino, De Niro, like, 70s energy to me of, like, those young performances where you're just, like, they're just in it, and they're nervy, and they're real, and, like, I, I but I was, I guess, a little disappointed to hear from a lot of people that they're just, like, Oh yeah, he's great. Love him in the bear. It's basically like if Lip Gallagher from Shameless like became a sh- you know they're like it's because I love that character and like it's very similar mm-hmm. is what I've heard from a lot of people and I'm like oh, okay well maybe that's just like that's just his thing that's like his vibe and that's what he does like this bottled intensity and everything but I love the way it bounces off of everybody because like mm-hmm. Sydney who has remained one of my like one of if not. It's like her and Richie are like 1A, 1B for me. Um, Ayoetta Beery, who's somebody I like, I knew from podcast and just like being funny on Comedy Bang Bang or Blank Check and like random stuff like that. She's written on a bunch of shows. I think um, she's going to be the voice of April in the. She is the voice Turtles, of April. Yeah. She's also in. Uh, what was she? she was in something earlier this year that are. Oh, she's in Theater Camp, which is out right oh, now yeah, in yeah. limited release, which I really want to see. She's in. Bottoms, which is another indie comedy that comes out later this year. But yeah, she is uh, blowing up. Okay. So very happy to see that. But yeah, she's been a writer on different stuff for you. She writes on What We Do in the Shadows, um, a few other shows. But yeah, just always been a big fan of her, but did not know that like she had all of that in her. And to get to see like that character expand in season two as well was, was mm-hmm. great. Before we get to the big Thanksgiving episode, I do want to ask you about uh, the romance angle. Of season two, with like that, do anything for you? I don't know. Claire Bear, yeah, like, with Claire Bear, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I. Okay. 
because of another just like when you know seamless. i feel like we don't see this stuff as no, you don't. as often no, no. in tv just lately i don't know so because like all right i look at it when i figured it out when i realized okay after it's after yeah the, when did, after when the, did the show no, no, click no, no, for you after the aa meeting mm-hmm. i got it okay so your brother wouldn't let you work at the restaurant so what did you do you went out and you became the best fucking chef on the planet okay and that didn't matter because he still didn't let you work at the restaurant so you've been doing this thing you've let joel McHale yell at you and degrade (laughs) you for however many years right you know for what because you still didn't get your brother's approval you don't have your dad's approval because the dad's nowhere dad's already passed away right like he's gone I love that some of the family dynamic stuff is still left vague. Right. Even, yeah. Because I thought Bob Odenkirk, I was like, that's not, oh, he's just another brother. He's another uncle. Got it. But okay. then there's this feeling of like, did they have an affair at some point? Right. Like that's baked in there, but well, I don't definitely. know. You don't know. Don't You're know. never told, you know. But then you get you get Jamie Lee, who is like, Before, it sorry, makes sense we're, now, we're jumping all around. Know? But, but you, again, after the, after that D, after the, the AA speech, I got it that like, Here's a dude who's been his entire life thus far doing one thing that he never got any credit for from the one person he wanted it from. And that one person, as a whatever is a joke, left him the restaurant he never let him work in. All right, I got it, okay? But then when you see the flashbacks and you get all this stuff from it, you realize, what's the one thing brother had, you have now, that your brother didn't? It's Claire Bear. There's no female ever shown to us that Bernthal has as a girlfriend or like a love interest, I someone to, for him way, to. But okay, yeah, right. I mean, okay. I just. I, I've never seen okay. one, and sure. maybe we'll get one, maybe we won't. But that's the balance, okay? The balance of Claire is what keeps him from doing what his brother did and killing himself. You know, yeah. like when they find the money at the end of the first season, and then they go to fucking Oliver Platt, dude. Like, when is that? Where has that guy been? You know. Just you know, fucking killer, great, dude. dude. When they do, when, they, when they accidentally fucking Xanax a fucking party full of kids and they're all just asleep, it's like again, you know what I'm kind of into it. Like just let, again, let them one sleep. of those things where it's like I love that episode, but it's like that that episode more than any other feels like such an anomaly. Yeah, now, that feels like that sh- the show in this weird space of like still figuring out like what it is. Right, but it's like oh maybe it'll be like. Adventures like this, like, oh, they got to do a kid's birthday party. This felt like an Always Sunny episode right. or something in terms of concept and structure. Speaking of that, did you see and the again, Always Sunny where they go to Chuck E. Cheese? I did. The <laughs> Sorry, side note, and we can we can tag back in on it. The finale of this season of Sunny is one of the best episodes. Oh, no, Dennis. Dennis dude, takes my, a mental yes, health day. So one of the best episodes they've done in years. So fucking so good. So good. Dude. Okay. Wow, you lowered your heart rate. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. And you just walking out and just pointing at everybody. You're like, oh my God, it was Incredible. all there. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. Um, but no, like, yeah. So they, they find all the money and like, they're basically, he just has that thing of like, you know, fuck it. Like I'm actually going to do what my brother was trying to do. And again, that's just adding more fuel to the fire. But again, you have that dynamic of like, is he going to be... Because in my head, as I'm watching this, like, oh my God, is he going to be his brother? Like, it's just what we're leading to. But then you introduce Claire. And you're like, okay. And you get to see him, like, I don't want to say be a kid, but like, you get the idea that he never did any of this. It was always about the food and learning and 
you know, you were the only relationship you had was like whether you yelled or didn't yell at a chef. Right. And you went home like you have been to nothing, you know, where you're waking up in the middle of the night, burning your house down, accidentally cooking eggs or something, you know, mm -hmm. some wild shit. But then you introduce Claire and like, that's the thing again, like your brother doesn't have that as far as we know and what that's what's missing. And again, mom, when we meet mom, mom doesn't have the other side of that either. And that's what mom isn't crazy, crazy, like kill myself crazy, but she's crazy mm -hmm. to an extent. She's got issues, but your brother is kill myself crazy. Cause there's no, there's no other, there's nothing else besides that. You can get, I mean, yes, there's other things with Jamie Lee Curtis, but like the crux of that episode is like her cooking all that food for them and no one really appreciating it and being like, I do this all for you. But and also like, the refusal of literally anybody's any help. help. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and it just, it's yeah. To get into that episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Seeing like that. I mean, she's th the, this she's is, him. he's her. It's that simple. Well, he can't let anybody have, that's the thing. He well, probably I'm, like his brother God. had to do it all by himself. It had to be him. And it's only that he's gotten into this place that was the family joint that was left to him where a, a family member slash not family member, cousin, whatever, all these people who know him. It's like if he could just fucking get out of his own way and let them help him, he's going to be great. And I feel like as because you see, as Claire shows up, he starts delegating more, more people start making things and bringing him things where it's not all on his back. And you see that. And like when he goes out to the party and like these few other times with her where it's like. There is that clarity, but at well, the same time, he's I mean, playing with like, what have I done with my life? Right. Well, the you reveal know? of the final night, which is basically like, yeah, he kind of self-sabotages because he can't help himself. Mm -hmm. But the real surprise of that is like, well, guess what? Your fucking team, they did the work. They've Without been doing you. the work the whole fucking time. Yeah. Like you took your eye off the ball, but guess what? Richie stepped up, like Sydney stepped up, they made it through. And that like that whole segment of locking him away and all of that yeah it's so great okay backtracking just a little bit to the tail end of season one when they reveal the brother mm. how 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 much are you just like oh dude you just took it up a notch like like four or and five it's just a, it's just a taste it's just a taste yeah but then obviously when you open episode six and you see him again did you also like me have the collective feeling of just like Oh, I saw this one's like an hour. Like, are they about to do what I think they're gonna do? And then the escalating, like, I, I just don't in my that, head, I was just fucking fork at me. No, no, no. Just the I, in my head, I was like, oh, they're outside. They're like the very opening of the episode. Like, siblings are having a cigarette break, and they're just talking. Robert, I was like, oh, okay, this is a couple years ago. And I was like, they're gonna they're gonna go inside that house, and like, I don't think we're gonna come out. I was like. Like the whole episode is gonna be in that house. I was like, this is probably about to be intense. I was like, and it was the last one I was watching for that night. I was, I kind of in my head, I was like, I don't know, dude. Yeah, I might, I might burn through it all this evening. But I had seen that that one was an hour, and by the time I got to the end of it, dude, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I just take a nice little breather. To the point that I didn't watch it. Like I knew I had a few left after that, and I was like, I'm gonna wait. Like Which I, I think wait. is the it's perfect time to take a little break. Yeah. Um, but yes, just an absolute like tour de force. And mm -hmm. the biggest compliment I can pay it, and a lot of people already have, is just you bring in all of those guest stars, which should be distracting. Like the fact that everybody that 
pops in there. It's just like, oh, oh shit, oh, oh. Oh, Bob Odenkirk's here. Like, it oh, should God. be too much. Mm-hmm. But the thing that saves it is everybody fucking comes to play. Everybody comes to play in the world of the bear. Yes. Everybody feels like they fit into the style, the energy that everybody else bring in there. One of my absolute favorites and biggest crushes Gillian Jacobs as as Richie's uh yeah ex ex fiance mm-hmm. I guess did they actually get married I guess we don't they know were like we don't know if it didn't. like got called off or what but yeah. um Gillian Jacobs who is on Love uh the Netflix show one of my all-time favorites uh I see I see her pop in I'm like dude I, it's just one of those things where you're just you're picturing the casting people for and the creators of the show and you're just like okay like I see I see your taste I, I see you like like some of the same stuff I do but then also that feeling of just like dude everybody in the industry like loves season one of this show clearly there were probably so many people that were like get me on I'll that for fucking scale. thing I'll, I'll do it for scale yeah. motherfucker like yeah. You clearly got that feeling of just like, oh, people love this. Like, people were so excited to show up for this. Sarah Paulson yes. and John Mulaney. And oh, it's my like, God, dude. Dude, and I'll, it doesn't need to be said. Like, I don't need to bring it up to, like, lift this even further. But, like, the most recent Mulaney special, he was coming back after the, the rehab, the stuff mm-hmm. with the wife, the divorce, the baby, Olivia Munn, all of that stuff. And it's always weird when somebody has to come back and, like, kind of choose what they're going to address or not address. And that is a very like forward facing, like I'm going to try and like own all of it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really like it. I didn't really like it that much. I didn't think it was like that funny. Um, I thought it was a little over long, um, a little cringy as the kids would say in parts. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit of a bummer. Okay. Um, and then he comes in to this episode <laughs> And not only, like, reminds me why I love him because he has just incredible comedic timing and it's just great. The stuff with him and the Fact Brothers, like, yeah, yeah I have $500. I'm a 35-year-old man. <laughs> like, I have $500 in my bank account. I could turn it into 1500 like, All that wow, stuff. Go fuck yourself. But the, like, the the beautiful, beautiful fucking speech that he gets, the grace that he says. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I've never seen him do this, though. I was right. like, and of course he had, like, of course he can do this because he's a great storyteller, great writer, and I just, and I was I was genuinely floored by it. I was like, holy shit! And that's just like one little moment in an hour of just yeah. like incredible moments. But like, Melania and Paulson, Paulson with the fact, like. She just felt like an aunt, dude. She felt like the cool aunt mm-hmm. at your fucking like family function, yeah. even though it's Chicago and it's this fair, you know, she's the cool aunt who lives in New York. Like she made it out. She lives in the city. Like all of that stuff that it's like, I that's not my lived experience, but like those dynamics and those sentiments, it's like Every anybody can yeah. relate to this. Right. Even if you didn't grow up in a, like a fork throwing table flipping mm-hmm type family which in thankfully Chicago. we did yeah. not but uh yeah it's like but it just feels so lived in getting to see like way more Burnthal and getting to see him and Richie Evan Moss Bacharach yeah dude um in like their dynamic back then dude the sorry side note the runners for well we'll talk about Richie in the next episode sorry okay but uh 
who else is? And then Odenkirk is like again. I don't know quite where he fits in. Is he an actual uncle? You see, is that's he... what I thought of. Is like either he's. I don't think he's. He can't be Jamie Lee Curtis's brother. He's got to be. Maybe he's like a brother. Maybe he's a brother-in-law and the sisters dead or something you know i don't know yeah but i love that it's left vague and we're mm-hmm. kind of like feeling our way through the family dynamics right um the tension obviously that escalates between him and birdthal is just like dude bottle that shit like i'd watch i'd watch hours of, the, of those well, see, two here's what going at it like because we're not told when it is what if that's the first thanksgiving without dad like maybe dad had been there yeah. all these times yeah and this yeah. was the first one without him you know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't, know. that's what, and, and again, I, there's never, I don't remember what timeline stuff like, is very yeah. vague. And I don't know if they even reference like how long the dad's been gone. Right. But, I didn't even, I mean the way it was left and I think intentionally. So you don't, they never mention his mom in the first season or maybe they do. And I like, I don't no, know. I don't know if sugar ever brings up the mom or anything, but to my recollection, it's like even when we after episode six, when we come back into present timeline, there's still a question in my mind of like, oh, Jamie Lee Curtis is probably dead. Right. Like I didn't expect to see her again. So that was like a, oh, mom is still around kind of thing. Like, Dude, oh, shit. He, okay. When she, when her, when what's her, not Sam, was it, what's the, what's the sister's name? Sugar. When she, when her baby daddy goes outside. Pete. Pete. When Pete goes outside to talk to her. And she's like, that guy also on love. Yeah. Great, great character on love. And she's just like, I love him. I do, but I don't know how to tell him I love him. And just his reaction of like, I'm in this family. I'm having a child with this woman's child. Right. What can I do to make sure that my wife is never this way to whatever child we have. Like the realization on his face to me, this is just what I read for. Maybe I'm off base, but the way he played it and looked at him, just like elation that like the mother said, I love you because he's dealt with it more than bear of like living with that daughter. And like, you know, I hate it when you ask me if I'm fine or how I'm doing, whatever. And like now coming full circle to him, like, Oh, I'm having a baby with this woman. And this is like potentially what my spouse, whatever she could potentially wind up just like her mom. Essentially. I hope to God that doesn't happen. That's what I read on his face and why he got upset. You know, that's what I read. Just, that's just what I'm reading. Just that's having, not how I took that scene at all. Well, no, just okay. seeing what happened at, having that juxtaposed with what just had happened at, at Thanksgiving. I mean, she drove a fucking car through the house, right? Sure. So he has that. And probably many other instances of Jamie Lee Curtis just being her, that character, like, right, whatever. Just the idea of like them not ever having a normal relationship, mother, daughter, the possibility of like, he's bringing a child into the world with this woman. And like, is that ever going to get patched up? Is she going to be a good grandmother? All this other things, like just all that on his face. I like, I could see it. I don't know. I thought it was, maybe I'm reading way more into it than I thought, but that's just where my head went watching that, that episode or that part of the finale or the last episode where he went out to speak to her and she was trying to be like, I just don't know. Like I'm here. Yeah. No, I, I can't go was, inside. Yeah. I thought it was pretty simple. She, she's telling him, tell me it's okay. Like, tell me it's okay to go. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to say that because he know sugar wanted her there. She wants to tell her about the baby mm-hmm. and celebrate. Like, look at what Carmi's doing. Like things are going great. And Jamie Lee Curtis has that thing. She knows like they did something great. 
all on their own, away from me. I always ruin the good thing. I can't go in there. She, for her own selfish reasons, but ultimately, like, it's probably a good thing, is, like, I can't, like, no. That's, they've made something beautiful. I'll fuck it up, essentially. His frustration and his anguish right there is, like, I know how much it would mean to my wife for you to just come inside right now and just make this work. But I understand also that, like, you need me as your son-in-law to, like, absolve you of the guilt of, like, hey, you really should come in here and, like, just let everybody be. But, like, I know I need to, like, you know, the angst of, like, I wish you could be different. I wish this could all be okay, but you can't do this. And I'm stuck in between it. I have to be the, the messenger guy to go disappoint my my wife essentially that's why i took it as him getting so emotional was just like i know that would have meant something to you and i can't even tell you that she did show up she did try and show up for you because even that would have meant something but i promised her i wouldn't and like to your point like he's in the family now like you can't yeah. you can't not you know you have loyalty to your wife but you also are like well shit that's my mother-in-law i did promise her like I'm, you know mm-hmm. i'm not gonna say she was here that whole thing um but no, I thought that was great, Jamie Lee Curtis, too, of just like, is it okay? Like, or tell, you know, I need you to tell me that it's okay. Like, let me feel okay about leaving this, even though obviously it's not okay. Like, you really should, mm-hmm. should make this better. Um. Yeah, and again, right after Mulaney gives that incredible, like, grace speech and everything, um, is that when the fork thing escalates? It keeps or going. Or does she come, I think she comes in... With all the food right after that, or what? It's something fucks it up almost immediately, which is she gets upset like after the grace, something goes mm-hmm. wrong. Oh, it's uh, Sugar asks her like, "Are you okay?" Mm-hmm. The one thing she's not supposed to say, right. and it like triggers or whatever. But yeah, and then the Bernthal Odenkirk thing of just like, don't throw that fucking fork. <laughs> like, that felt so I just, I just real for a minute, so yeah. insanely real. And you're just like, don't do it don't do it he's fucking oh my god yeah so well played great episode again a lot of emotional fireworks i think it's definitely it is the equivalent of that first season episode where they do the warner which we didn't really talk about but the one unbroken 20 minute take episode where everything goes to shit the first day they turn on the to goes which is definitely like a nightmare that i've had many a time which is just like but what if all the tablets are going off at once and all the door dashes and all the ubers and all the online orders are all coming through simultaneously and i can't confirm them all at once what will we do um yeah that fire was everything i mean Just that was everything. literally have i sent you the have you seen any parody videos of that yeah you i think you sent me one. i can't remember if I, there's, there's a peanut butter and jelly one which is just <laughs> incredible if that doesn't sound familiar i gotta show it to you I think but so. uh yeah great stuff uh that one but I, th- I think that episode six is like, oh, everybody's looking for like, that's what this show does. And I think very intentionally, the first couple episodes of season one are a different gear. It's like we're building, we're in the in-between time. And I love the run-up of like when they first get into like the concept of like, okay, we know what we got to do. And like, oh, we need to open earlier than we thought. Mm-hmm. And that night when they go home and it's like, clearly he and Sydney can't sleep, like nobody can sleep and they all come back. Cause it's just like, when you have that idea of like, Oh, I know exactly what I want to fucking do. It's like, you don't, you just want to start doing it. You don't want anything to, 
get in the way of that. So I love, it's a different energy, but it's paced differently. It's a little more like fun, casual, not as intense. We have that like incredible like pot boiler episode right in the center of it. And then right after it, again, it's the best fucking episode of the series, Forks, where Richie coming off of like, again, that ups, that bedroom scene with him and Gillian Jacobs where you just see it's like they're so sweet and fucking perfect together. And like he seems like such a better guy when he's with her. And like, you're just like, what happened? It's like, well, he didn't, he never like, he never made the next move. You know, he's talking to Oliver Platt about like, tr- he's trying to right. get something, try and build a future. And I love Oliver Platt like bailing him out of the like, oh yeah, we talked about, there's the little dinner table. Where, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just little, again, little tiny, just like people being nice to each other. It's just, <laughs> it's good, man. It's good shit. Them teasing him about Carmy about Claire Bear, all of that stuff. Dude, she put she took the glasses off Carm. Yeah, <laughs> fucking Claire Bear, Carm. Dude, she's hot. Okay, yeah. so the Richie episode, and let's talk about because there's some other little tiny thing. We start out the season with him, kind of like, you know, I got to find my purpose, blah blah. blah. Mm-hmm. Little beats where I'm just like, dude, like you said, you know this guy, we know this guy. I was just like. They're in our brains. Little stuff like, mm-hmm. what's the Wi-Fi password? Right. <laughs> Go fast boats, mojitos. I was like, dude, hell, he has Ridley Scott posters everywhere. everywhere. He has a fucking white squall poster. They were ta- I was listening to Chris Storer, the creator, on one of the podcasts I follow, and he was just like, yeah, like the production design, they went really great. Like you can't, you can't see all this, but if you look at his bookshelf, there's like you know the, the art, the art of, of Blade Runner, and like you know the he fucking- is a Ridley Scott obsessive. It's crazy, dude. Yeah. Anyways. But yeah, his like him being it like that dude mm-hmm. into like, you know, Michael Mann. Yeah. Ridley Scott. I love, I love the 80s and 90s. Yes. Just like man movies. Um, His whole vibe. So great. And then the Taylor Swift of it all in that episode. That in I will tell you this. I enjoyed that entire episode. Despite all, in spite of all that, one hundred same. Like I, I was like, not... you made me do the one eight. I love early. It was like episode three, where he's like, "Sorry, you know, Daddy just needed a break or whatever." I was like, "That's the most real shit ever." I'm sure. I'm yeah. so glad I don't have to listen to that. But yeah, to to take it full, you know, full one eighty, and have me like basically singing along with him when he yeah. is celebrating in episode seven. And but there was yeah, that split second him... after the celebration. I was like, "This is where he gets in the car wreck." This is where some terrible shit happens to right. him. And well, I'm so glad it didn't. And again, the only real... Wait, whoa, hang on. Is that the episode where he she does talk to him about, like, I did say he did, a, like, propose to me and I told him I'm going to get married to him? Is yeah, that that's, same episode? that's in that episode, yeah. which I think is beautiful as well because it's like he's on the highest of highs, but, and you're, again, you're coming in with that knowledge now of how things used to be between them and you you're seeing him, like, get his shit together, find his purpose. And you're like, dude, he's fucking doing it. Like Mm -hmm. maybe he could, you know, maybe he could get back together, but you realize just like too much time has passed. They already set it up with the daughter earlier mentioning that like, yep, you know, he might propose blah, blah, blah. And so having that happen and the way he plays that on his face and you see the growth and as much as like he's able to be happy for her and supportive in that moment, even though, you know, it is like fucking killing, killing him, him inside. inside. Yeah. Um, it's just so incredibly well acted. So, and, okay. This is okay. just 
taking a second for the um to talk about the music just we talked Taylor Swift there is I was gonna ask you about how you feel about the tunes in general well yeah but like I like the music cues are great um you know all the all the ones I've, I've I know and they're great but there is a got a Bruce third, Hornsby you got no complaints yeah exactly you there's a the third verse in a um a big red machine song a lot of people have like they have equated to this whole thing of like self-improvement getting better doing the work after some sort of like loss and or tragedy mm-hmm. and it goes it cut the grass tend to flowers downing bottles by the crease light a smoke up in the sunroom and pretend I'm a tree prove it not rock, prove it not rock of ages in a row they're all lies to me so like the way it's sung in the cadence that, that Justin Vernon sings it it has this feel of like I'm doing shit I'm getting things done I'm getting better as a person after something bad happened to me and in this case it's a man who's no longer with the woman he loves so like just the tie in of like I'm hearing Taylor Swift thinking about her and Justin Vernon with Exile I went back to that song and all this stuff with Richie it's one of those things that it's like there is such there's such reverence and like you just there's there's certain things you see in shows that it's like you you weren't expecting it because I wasn't expecting it but I would not have looked here for it in the first place anyway just these life affirming things and it's it I don't know if it's a testament just to like great writing or for testament to just like what this this medium this genre whatever it is can do for you but it's the reason why it's it we all love stories human beings homo sapiens we love stories we wrote them on cave walls when we started talking and we understood each other we started telling them all the whatever whatever they get jumbled up they get passed down for years but just the idea of somebody who had it good at one point something happened and he doesn't anymore and you just see him start to pick up the pieces and you get that like what he's doing he's gonna be okay and it doesn't matter what happens to him you know that like he's gonna be okay and you don't have to worry about him anymore it's not like i was worried about richie the entire show but like when i see this i'm just like this could not happen to anybody else the facts her uh uh, uh, sydney bear even it couldn't you know yeah and so the fact that it happens to him and the fact that he is all of us like i'm just i'm stodging forks i'm just I'm like the oldest dude who ever stodged shit before, right? Yeah. No. Okay. But yeah. Why? Why do they do that? Well, this is how we communicate. Okay. All right. Well, why does this happen? Well, you just you know watch this. You know, just like look, man. I fucking and and again, it it's crazy because it makes complete sense that a lot of people who get into that are people who may or may not at one point in the time been extremely selfish in their choices, alcoholics drug addicts all that and it is a nice sentiment that the person who's explaining all of this to him is like yeah dude i used to love alcohol and i got sober and now all i want to do is serve other people because like i come up against that constantly i fucking hate my job i've told everybody that well listen i don't like it but there are several moments where there are children who are just starting out 17 18 that actually listen to me and then there are people who didn't think they could do certain things because of their past with their credit or whatever that finally are allowed to like do something financially that's going to make them 
you know, benefit them or like allow them to do something they've always wanted to do, take a trip, do something. And like, I only want to go there for them. Like the people who can't get into their online banking or need lost their debit card, need another one. Fuck them. I don't care. But the people who it's going to matter to, like that's who I go there for. And so I get it that the idea of like every single person that comes into your restaurant can be someone that you're going to, that's going to matter. I totally get like why you would want to do that job. Yeah. You would do it for free if you, if they, if they asked you, you know, because you get that, that feeling it's worth more than any amount of money. Yeah. What does she say? I, every night I get to make somebody's night. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, you can, you can literally, you have the chance to do it to everybody. I mean, that's like, that's the entire like service industry in a nutshell for the people that really give a shit about it. I mean, yeah. there's definitely people who are like, <laughs> I'm here for the paycheck mm-hmm. period. I'm doing the bare minimum. And Richie but, was there for, I mean, he wasn't, but that's for, that, but, like, that's but the, again, that's the whole idea of like, the arc of like, yeah, he, but honestly, it's like, you know, finding purpose is just like, take some fucking pride in yourself and the thing you do. If you're going to do something like, you know, do it, do it the best you can do it. Mm-hmm. And he like jumps in full bore and, yeah. and he wears suits now. Dude. Yeah. The minute he what, showed up in a suit, dude, I was like this dude. He was, just yeah. so fucking great. Um, I mean, he was, he overwhelmed my emotions in the back half of the season. That episode is absolutely incredible, but to continue the through line of him to get to that final night where it's just like you said, there's no fear of like, I knew he was going to step up. Yeah. I knew he was going to step up and go transition from front of the house to back of the house, call all the orders, make it fucking work, like pull everything off without a fucking hitch. I knew he was going to do it. And then when he is screaming at Carmi through the freezer and, and he, he's so angry because it's like, dude, you like, what'd you say to her? You fucked it up to your point. It's like, no, you like you were doing a good thing. Like you had what I had. Like yeah. No, that was Claire. This wasn't just somebody. This was Claire. Like you have a bond with that person, blah blah. blah and you fucked it. He's like he's so mad because he sees somebody making the same fucking mistake right. that he's made. It doesn't want him to fall into it. They're like the immediately like all of a sudden they're at each other's oh, throats the fact again. That they can go, like, the whole like the fact oh you're just a get... fucking leech. You just been sucking off my family. It's like you know he doesn't actually feel that way, but it's just like the mean shit you, you say to each other yeah. when you really want to hurt somebody that you know knows you. They've done it their like, entire show. Like when they yeah they were fighting, and the next thing you know, he goes to get the sauce and it's money, and he's like cousin help, and then boom they're all going in the sauce getting the money. It's like it's one of those things that it's like you get. That like it feels like at least because like when he blows he blows up at Sydney and he blows up at um uh, Marcus or whatever yeah. and they both are like I love their relationship and like they're kind of like this fucking guy but they mm-hmm. know like he is the fucking guy you know she says multiple times like I fuck like he was the best chef in the fucking world like why would I not want to work for him you know well again the idea that he cooked literally the best meal she ever tasted and she was just like that guy yeah. I got it like that's that's the dude I want to learn from. Exactly. And, and so, and, the, and, and so much is like, he's like, what are you gonna do? Um, yeah, I'll probably go back. Like I'll go back in a day or two and just the subtle, not like, and the thing I think is the greatest is because it's what all of us want. All of us want the person who essentially, when you break it down, signs your paychecks, we want them to take ownership of the idea that maybe just maybe they were a fucking dick. If they were a fucking dick, if they weren't, 
They don't have to. Mm-hmm. But when you're a fucking dick, just own it and say I'm sorry and, and try not to do it again. Amicably. <laughs> move forward. Yeah, exactly. You know, the way that she talks to him about stuff and the way that she just his conversations with Sydney alone are some of like the best the stuff under the table with yeah. him. That's the again, that's the thing is like I want to be like that's that's the magic. That's the heart and soul. Is the Carmi Sydney relationship, and it kind of is. But I'm also like, but it's also this Richie thing, I'm right? Like, and it's also like, again, excuse me, I kind of fucked it up earlier. Like Richie, like you said, won me over within the course of the first season, where I was like, this guy's got some heart to him. I like him, blah blah blah, and then blew my mind in the second season. The only I wouldn't even call it a weak point, but the only person that was kind of like a question mark for me first season was Maddie Matheson as Fack, and I think part of that is like not an actor. Like, definitely just a first time, you know, part of that just maybe just being a little green. But another character that I felt like they, like, totally just, I fucking love that guy. Dude, yeah. I'm so into him now. Yeah. Um, Marcus is saving their ass in every every. Marcus's every whole arc, which we didn't even mention, like, it opened, the season opens with him taking care of his mother. Right. And you have that, again, the subversion of expectations the whole time he's in, is it Amsterdam? Where does he go for? Finland, or is it Finland. Sweden? Where does he go Sweden, for? Sweden, Amsterdam, somewhere over there. Iceland? I don't know. But anyway, it looked like Amsterdam. Honestly. I think he's in Iceland, Reykjavik or something. Anyways, okay. But the whole time of him being there and the anxiety of like leaving her and you think maybe, oh, something bad's going to happen or whatever. And it doesn't. But then to go, they have that victory of the opening night and everything, the friends and family night. And then we have that lingering for potentially season three that it's like he was getting calls the whole night. Like a little bit of the reality setting in where it's like not everything can be fucking, you know, great mm-hmm. the whole time. The idea that Sydney, like, you know, kills it, gets everything together, but then, you know, is like sick to her stomach afterwards. And it's like, what did I just sign up for? I did one night of that. I got to do this over and over and yeah. over again. <laughs> like, um, all of that. So, any but other... she didn't eat, right? She talk. I mean, I feel like she talks about like telling her dad, like, "I'm probably not going to eat now," or like, "I'll eat late." I don't know. I took that as like, yes, it is taxing, but also like, and the nerves and the like, the, oh my god, or whatever, whatever. But like, also, little girl didn't eat anything. Like, she needs to eat food. You know. Oh yeah, but I also just took it as like a the yeah the, the adrenaline rush. Yeah, you're coming down off the adrenaline, you throw up. For yeah, sure, I get it. Also had uh, Alex Moffat like doing. <laughs> crystal meth in the back. Is that crystal meth? <laughs> like, oh, you're gone. Dude. <laughs> uh, can I fire that guy? Like, yes, you definitely should. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't come back in here. Yeah. Uh, any other? I mean, um, again, I think the I think the Claire Carmi thing is is salvageable. I obviously think I I think they're to me personally, we should get one more season. Yeah, because we've had. We had operating the beef, mm-hmm. you know, just about like reconciling your past with like trying to do something new. That was kind of the war, and it's continued into the second season. Um, second season definitely, you know, work life balance seems to be mm-hmm. kind of at the center of it. But again, the whole thing is ramping up and building something. So to me, season three needs to be okay. But now, the practicalities of sustaining something they they did a lot of setting up in season two of how crazy the restaurant and like literally in our real world which the show takes place in how crazy the restaurant industry is Mm -hmm. post-covid and how places that have been around for 30 you know 40 years are just dropping like flies even established places and stuff so 
I think watching them navigate that in a season three could be really compelling. I think there's enough dramatic threads on the characters to kind of like get some people to different places and like have everybody in a nice spot. But this is also a show that I, I don't think necessarily needs to like go on forever. Mm -mm. Um, but yeah, I see one more, like if they can, if they can do a hat trick and pull off another like borderline, like flawless season of these emotional highs, dude, Mm -hmm. we're talking about one of the greatest shows of all time. Uh, easily to me. Uh, any other final thoughts Um, on the bear seasons one or two? Anything we didn't I feel like we shouted out everybody we really enjoy. I mean, what's not the like? And again, we're late to the party on this one. I'm glad you finally caught up and I will do you the favor, the common goddamn courtesy of watching Ted Lasso now yeah. that you have made it all the way through the bear for me. Because again, I I don't think you need, when you end season three of Lasso, I don't think you need another one, much like this show as the parallel of like, I think you could come back again with a solid third season and you know, you, you know, you can wrap everything up or you can let I everything basically, like we said, we kind of fundamentally know after Forks, Richie's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I do need to know that Carmi is going to like, I do have enough emotional investment in him as a lead protagonist. Yeah. I do want to at least end the show knowing whether he will or will not be okay. Because right. Cut, like definitively one way or the other because it is definitely in flux at the end of season two. Right. That character is not settled. He is maybe as think, unsettled as he's ever been. I think the timeline, you put them under the gun for making sure they can make the money they need to pay Oliver Platt back on time on schedule. And either the midway point and then like the back half of like, are you going to be okay? Comes with Sugar's baby or you leave Sugar's baby as the finale and like, okay, we all have realized like who we are, what we are, what we do. And now we are like in this place where like my sister's having a child, my mom's getting a grandchild. Can that be this whole thing of like understanding that like we all have this fucked up thing going on in our life. We know we need balance. We know like our dad's been gone. Our brother, your son killed himself. Can we get all that past us and realize that we're going to be okay as long as we can be open and communicate with each other? And you use the catalyst of like her having the child as like how to mend all that together. If that's even something you think would happen to these characters, because that's one thing I can't say. I can't think of a show like this. There's nothing else like it on TV. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, again, I can't think of a show where I'm just like. I would have never done that with that character, but that's exactly what that character needs. Like right. if I'm in the writing room, I don't think of that at all, but it's also fucking perfect. I couldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing if you paid me. I yeah. couldn't do it. Uh, you know? It is something special. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll be, I'll be shocked if anything tops it. And again, I coming off of the kind of last big round of TV we talked about, I was like, I'd be hard pressed to fucking beat Succession or Barry for me. And I knew the bear was looming, but I I thought even, I was like, even if it's as good as season one, like, yeah, I feel pretty confident saying Succession's number one. But I was just absolutely knocked out. Again, mm-hmm. I would put that episode, I would put Forks and, uh, I forget what the Thanksgiving episode was called, uh, but I would put those two episodes up against all of the best successions from this year, which was like, I think we have like four or five highlight ones from the final season. And then 
some of the best of Barry. I mean, if we did, yeah, if we did an episodes list of TV this year, I'm like, how many? We'd have to be like, we can't name more than three from some series because two from one season. Yeah, one series that would be very difficult. You only get two. Where are you gonna put them? Oh man, I don't even want to think about that right now. What I do want to think about is Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. (laughs) Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers. You telling me you and Dusty Daniels touched dicks? <laughs> or excuse me, did, wait, did you fuck Dusty Daniels? Who knows? <laughs> he's like, he's like what? oh my god, no! What is his reaction? Oh god, I, I, bo- Ooh, I botched sucker. it. I botched it. Ooh, no, we. <laughs> Ooh, we sucker. <laughs> I think he's just like, I don't know. It was Y two K. Yeah, threw caution to the wind. <laughs> But Dustin Day was in Monaco, wherever the fuck they were. We was partying with Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, the actor? It was either him or somebody oh, looked a hell of a lot like Gene Hackman. Unfortunate being looking a hell of a lot like Dude, when they cut into the flashback, though, it was just like, this Gene fucking Hackman. <laughs> Please stop. I don't, I, want, want. I don't want to be rude. I don't want to be rude. But Becky out loud goes, that's not Gene Hackman. <laughs> I was like, yes, it is Gene Hackman. That's, that's why it's the best, so fucking the best part of it. Dude, if I, I oh my God, I would have given so much, I don't know where they shot that, but I would have given so much to be a fly on the wall for Shea Wiggum and, oh my God, and Walton Goggins, drunken, I just want like, drunken, coked up party night. Yeah. I just want like all the outtakes of that, all this, the bullshit they were doing, just them laying, look at each other. Okay. (laughs) Ridiculous. Okay. First of all, season three, I, I think the show just gets better and better. I, I was, I absolutely loved it, top to bottom. The commitment to Bible bonkers, to Baby Billy's Bible bonkers, and just knowing that, like, literally every time they say it, it's funny. It doesn't matter if it's Baby Billy saying it. It doesn't matter if it's any Anybody of the Jim Stone right. uh, saying it. It's fucking hilarious. But again, the commitment and the realization. In the finale of what like, he's like, well, you know, Dusty, Dusty like competition now. I was just I was like, like, I knew exactly the where premiere we're going. episode of Bible Bonkers. I was just like, holy shit, didn't see it coming. I love that it's the whole. I mean, they have the like the proto version of it when they're doing the cousins night, right? Which was one of my first like my first inklings of the season where I was just like, dude, they are they're hitting it, dude. They're hitting that weird, weird eastbound place where right. I was just like it's absurd and it's so over the top but like why 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 are you talking at my heartstrings when they all are driving away at the end of that cousins night episode and they're all friends and they start howling mm-hmm. I was just like I it's a it's a, like borderline indescribable particular tone that only exists between McBride Jody Hill David Gordon Green yeah this crew but there's this it's the penultimate episode of Eastbound and Down season two. And it's just them driving back from Mexico. Mm-hmm. And um I think the song is Comforting Things by a band called Mew. And it's just him and Stevie like barreling down the road, headed home, back to North Carolina. And it's just this moment in that show where I was just like so much I care about the I was just like and and this show would be great 
if it didn't have this stuff. But the fact that it does is what makes it special. The yeah. fact that it can be like, yeah, we will have a scene in our penultimate episode this season where fucking BJ literally helicopters his dick. We will have a full-on <laughs> no, naked no, the fight. Fa- the fact like, that he we'll says... do all of those things, but you will also have genuine like emotion and pathos like for these fucking characters the commitment to it mm-hmm. is just i respect it so much and i don't think i don't think it plays for everybody and i i a part of me wants to just be like it's just it's a southern thing it's dude. a charleston it's thing just baby a, that's just it's not it even a, like it's just a particular yes. Type of just like we can be all things at once. It's okay to be we can this do all fucking things weird, in, dude. We can do all things through Christ our Lord. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that's exactly it. Um, but dude, I was just—I okay. was absolutely knocked out by this season. Just—it's yeah. uh, a free for all. We don't have to go episode by episode. Just, yeah. Okay. Um, I just want to hit the beats of like big up top. We have to talk about flashback episode. Those. People, the actors who are playing the younger version of themselves, Jesse especially, fucking, I've never seen anything like it. A kid that is just spot well, on. Well, I love that it's been a runner through right. every season. We get a midway through. Right. We get our little interlude and we start And we start oh, with a flashback, cool. much like yeah. season two, we started with Eli flashback. Now we're flashback with Amy Lee. Um, fucking Steve Zahn. Oh, fucking a guy, Steve Zahn. A, a, a treat for me. I don't know about you. Fucking Sturgill Simpson as like Oh yeah in the dude, back half. I fucking the minute he started singing, I looked at back, so I was like, is that fucking Sturgill Simpson? <laughs> I had to go look it up. I was like, oh my god, it is. And the fact that he plays in like at least was it two two full episodes almost of like what you playing? It's the the main you know? antagonist. Yeah, exactly. To, to I Steve love Zone. it. Yeah. I love it. It's just so I mean, you get like, you know, I get that the first season we kinda had like, oh, Gideon like wanting to like do his own thing and going about it the wrong way to like to end with him back in the fold. And like, obviously, Oh, he's Eli's driver, all this kind of stuff. Like, I just, I don't know. It's just one of those where like, what was, I think what was the other day when, um, you, yeah, you mentioned it. Like BJ having like <laughs> going over to that house to fight the man who like didn't sleep with your wife, but kind of did that, like, that kind of shit where it's yeah. like, Oh yeah, we, we had a tour to fairway and it's like, oh yeah, we drive home a couple times. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're just like, what? Like, and then it's going to be this big scandal within the, the right. church and BJ's so upset by it. Um, the, the fact that he goes over, dude, is just there just jerking off like it's nothing. They have a fight and BJ is losing. And when he comes to, the man has dragged him out on his lawn naked and BJ just grabs the fuck out of his ball sack and beats him with what the fuck? To go from that Only on this show, dude, dude. When when Judy is initially trying to break up with him, and mm-hmm. she's like, "I can't see you no more." The Edie Patterson's line dude, deliveries she is so throughout f- this series, but she nah, just son. literally destroys me. The way she talks to John Goodman, I'm like, I need the outtakes. I was like, "There's no way John Goodman can sit there and take that." No, like he has to be breaking every yes. every little bit, dude. It's uh, like, okay, did you or did you not see, like, when they all finally get back together and they're doing their, like, their slow-mo walk-in and Kelvin runs back (laughs) to 
Did you? I mean, did you not see that coming, or were you waiting oh, for no, it for dude, three seasons? Like, I've been waiting for it for three. seasons. Oh no, I've been waiting for. Oh, absolutely, I've been waiting for it for three seasons to the point where I was literally like, I thought I was like, okay, maybe we're building up there for a finale or whatever. And part of me was just like, but that is also so much of their dynamic. The humor is the will they, won't they, and just right. like, oh my god, they're so perfect for each other, but they just like right. they can't let themselves be themselves. And so part of me was just like, but maybe they're just, you know, this is another one of them just like running it right up to the edge, but maybe not this season. So when he doubled back, I literally, that was an audible, like, fuck yeah, dude. I was so excited. Even better is the look on everyone's face. Oh, the reaction shots are fantastic. They're just like, Jesse's like, "Mm," like, all right. (laughs) Like he's into it. And Kelvin's walking like 12 feet tall because he just kissed his boyfriend. It is so fucking good, dude. Dude, them burning. Oh my God. The butt plugs kind of smell funny. Like, Uh, the fumes from from the butt plugs are (laughs) making me nauseous. Um, Keith. Also, the, you know, they say his name like that all the Keith. Yeah. But seeing it written out when they have the chairs at the end, dude, the, dude, Redeemer, like, yes, the the commitment to that again every time we see it, just Redeemer, um, dude, absolutely loved it. Lucas Haas as one of the cousins that was a that nice dude. surprise. Okay, tell me tell me how old Lucas Haas is. Forty seven. Tell okay. me how old Steve Zahn is. Like fifty five. Okay, they're yeah. eight. They're like oh yeah, eight years, yeah, eight years apart, and they're playing father and love son. It. I love dude, it. Okay, so this is a fun one. So the opening of the finale when they pull into the parking lot he ends up like blowing it up and everything Mm -hmm. that's where i that is el molino that's where i have started going in the last like six months or so to get the best tacos in charleston there's like a taqueria built into the back of it Uh so about like i don't know probably probably like eight nine months ago now i'm reading the post and courier whatever like random article comes up and it's that parking lot in the state that you see it post explosion or whatever. And it's like, you know, local, you know, righteous gemstones filming in Charleston, wherever, uh, unaware passersby call it, you know, people were calling it in. Cause they were like, what the fuck happened <laughs> out there? <laughs> but so when they pull up there in the episode, I was like, Oh dude, blah, 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 you know, like that's cool. They're getting a little shower or whatever. And so, and he's like, Oh, I gotta go use the coin machine. And I'm like, Oh, I wonder if they'll actually go in. And then he goes in and I'm like, Oh, dude, cool. They like they didn't change any of the set dressing. It's like that's what it looks like. Blah blah. And then fucking explosion goes. And I'm like, what the fuck? I was like, I go there like probably like once every two weeks to get birria and fucking like yeah. queso, all sorts of stuff. It's great. Um, yeah, if you're in Charleston, El Molino, fantastic. So Where's it at? It's like five minutes from here. What what streets it on? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't have those details in front no, of me. I just. I, I always do that. Like, I'm trying to look at stuff. So, like, obviously, they're like, they showed them going down International Boulevard and stuff. Like, I always just try to pick out different places. Like, oh, I know where that is. Yeah. No, that was my biggest one for the season. Cause just cause I'm like, oh, I go there semi regularly or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they were shooting there, but I do know I didn't cross paths with it. And then I was blown away by just like what they did, you know, mm-hmm. visual effects wise and everything oh, yeah. in that space. I was like, that's, that's the one cool. thing. Like, if I can actually get down here in time early. Or just make a separate trip to talk to her. That's one thing I would love to talk to my friend that works on that show about. Is like, what was like the most, what was the biggest like set thing for her this year? Because yeah. I know that's all she does is like set deck and stuff. I'm pretty sure she's probably had some the, fun stories. I want to know about like, I would legit would like to ask her like, 
do you still have any Bible bonkers like set pieces? And yeah. like, are they going to auction them off? Cause I would love to buy the fate, his face that spins yeah. around in it. Like I would love Dude. that. Or, okay. So that whole finale with bringing it, they, they set it up very early on when they're driving to El Molino. Mm-hmm. Um, they get a bug on the windshield. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, okay. Whatever. And then they just like slowly kind of thread it throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. But the build up to we're doing Bible bonkers. We're bringing back in the Simpkins crew from the first episode. Cause I was kind of like, dude, Steven Dorff was fun, but yeah, like, was good. Oh, He's... we kind of dropped that. Like nothing, you know, mm-hmm. what, what happened with that? But I guess, Oh dude, the Cape and pistol society. Oh my God. When... <laughs> you get, you're going to get a black side for that one. What's the big deal? You get naked you for, get that, naked one. for <laughs> that one. <laughs> I dare you, dare you, get, dare you to get naked. Um, <laughs> when he's like, twir- you know, I don't know why I'm, it's not the worth reenacting for a podcast, but the, twir- the twirling and then he's like, don't, don't go getting dizzy on the way out of here. <laughs> and he just stumbles into the mall and catches himself and oh, just, okay. Oh man, I so fucking good, love it. Dude. But yeah, so bringing back in Dwarf was Clutch, dude. And the way they just like paid everything off with like, oh, we got to win over Dusty Daniels. It's like when everything goes to shit. And how all of that played out for it mm-hmm. to just be like, oh, okay, yeah. And they get in good. But the... Uh, I gotta go get just, daddy. What did he say? I gotta find some titty. I gotta find some titty. <laughs> um, just the escalation of the locust coming in. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> when he tries to... Baby Billy tries to leave them the answer. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting I'm distracted here. Right here. Oh, 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 I'm I'm step away. <laughs> um, and just like, you know... Y'all was lost. Y'all was going through a rough time, and I had to step up. I had to be your daddy. You know, you know, you know my daddy. You know my daddy. That whole rudder is just like you. Literally he, did none. None of that. He, he did kisses none of those. each one of them and looks at the cousin like, like I know. I know. I know. <laughs> he just leaves. Like, dude, dude, when he, he kisses Judy on stage, just all right. It's my uncle. <laughs> I knew, dude. Okay, so I think I told you on the last podcast, but like my buddy. A buddy of mine I know down here, he got to be, he sit, he's sitting in the background of Baby Billy's set with like a big hat and beard and glasses and whatnot. But when he's like, there will be a payday. Oh, Gloria, what a payday. I'm like, dude, what have you got to complain about? You were fucking, you were singing by a pool, drinking free drinks in paradise all day long. Dude. Your, your brother-in-law gave you that. And like your whole thing is, I want to be a game show host. <laughs> like, Come on. Really, baby Billy, you dreamed to be the game show host? I did. Now, come on, now. And still, <laughs> call the paraplegic and walk my ass. <laughs> he has okay. He has all of the best lines. Even like McBride has some killer ones this year. Edie Patterson has some killer ones this year. But baby Billy has all the best lines. <laughs> but the ultimate of the entire season, the hardest I fucking laughed at any single line and delivery. Absolutely incredible was after the whole swarm of locusts come in. We're talking like the set's falling apart, <laughs> no, dude. People no, getting their no, head no, crushed. No. Everything. We go through say. all of it. And then he's just like, we're going to need some reshoots. <laughs> do some reshoots. <laughs> I think the my delivery son- of we're going to have oh, to do some, do some reshoots <laughs> is the funniest fucking thing. Someone has died. One possibly. Of the, yes, multiple people have like, died. Bonka Boys. One of the Bonka Boys has died. <laughs> 
Justin's head was crushed by your face. <laughs> fell off. Dude. We're gonna have to do some reshoots. <laughs> I, I dude, literally before that thought I was gonna piss my pants. <laughs> that shit was so funny. <laughs> I was fucking that dude. The episode of like two before when he rushes into Eli's house and Lionel <laughs> is crying. He's like, Lionel's been upset ever since he heard. Calm down. Lionel, I'm about to try to kidnap you. <laughs> like, oh my what? God. What are you doing? Just when he shows up, he's like, now Lionel, <laughs> Lionel's not going to miss out on your cousin's night just because he's a baby. <laughs> Y'all got to form strong bonds. <laughs> oh my God, dude. I could, there was a period of time where I was doing a justified rewatch before City Primeval came on. Right. I was watching Righteous Gemstones, and I was also watching I'm a Virgo, and I was literally like, is <laughs> Walton Goggins, you got Goggins good, the you got greatest Goggins. actor yes. of all time? Dude, uh, he is. Get your mind right, halfwits. <laughs> so, so good, dude. So good. That, the season killed it. The way they wrapped everything up, dude, I mean, like, Kelvin and Keith realizing that, like, oh, yeah, maybe we should, like, stop our whole, like, anti-porn crusade. And, like, that was perfectly pitched. Um, the arc Judy of Steve's B- on and, and, and... Judy and BJ. Yeah, yeah. bring it back. Like, again, that's the, that's the shit that I feel like, you know, some people might find, like, narratively unsatisfying or, like, oh, he's a big villain or whatever. But, and, like, the way things tend to play out with these people. But I'm like, but that's the, Any, that's the heart that's the and soul of the show. Anybody who does like, anything extremely bad... Like, they get their comeuppance. We're forgetting that, like, season two ended with, like, the bike, like, killer, bike assassins dude going after Eric Andre and his wife, like, up in Alaska or wherever the fuck they were. I completely, yeah. yeah that's I how just that remembered ends, all like, of that. Yeah, the, yeah. Like, it's like Eli took those bike dudes and paid them to go after the guy that paid them, like, you know, <laughs> to hunt him down and kill him after, like, the confrontation at Zion's Landing or whatever. <laughs> so, like, if you're really bad, you'll get your comeuppance. But it's like Steve Zahn... He did his time in prison. He's family. He's family. He didn't so, like, actually he blow up anybody. He didn't really want to hurt anybody. He just, he was tired of being overshadowed. Like, yeah. and I love the whole, like, they had a Y2K scandal where they were going to, like, they were selling shit that didn't work or they didn't need. They knowingly did it. I love all that. And I did not realize that the woman who plays Amy Lee was like a country star. I, I didn't Jennifer re- Nettles. Yeah, yeah, I forgot that. Comple- I didn't realize that. Completely awesome. Again, Circle so, Simpson coming in for the way, two episodes. But yeah, just... the way they physically wrap up the finale, though, with where they leave everybody, and they do the thing where they get everybody together. They had the fake-out death of Steve Zahn. Right. Um, which, of course, dovetails into it actually being Dusty Oh, dude, what? dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Him. Okay. It's very, very close to second runner-up for hardest I laughed in the finale Same, was bro. definitely... Them lowering them lowering the NASCAR. I was like, that's that's just funny. But they're Him the, t- the, the literal car. The way that shot is paced too is where I was just like, dude, Jody Hill, you're a fucking god, dude, because he knows just it, how long it, to leave. He it. knows just how long to leave it for maximum comedy. Right, and it's like. You maybe see that shot inside the interior with his fucking embalmed <laughs> oh, corpse strapped up to the steering wheel for maybe, I'm talking like maybe a half a second. Right. And it was so, I was like, I was already laughing, but you just, you took it to another place, dude. Yes. That was fucking hilarious. And when they're like, when they mention like, you know, he left his whole estate to us and McBride just turns around and just they like. They all give the finger. Yeah. That's so good, dude. And then. 
you get everybody together. We reveal like Steve Zahn still alive, of course, with a blown off foot. So he's got like a, a blown off foot. And then we're just literally we're gonna play Dolly Parton. We're gonna fucking ride. Everybody's gonna take a turn riding Redeemer, and we're just gonna like blow up a bunch of shit. Where it's one of those like those shots of like Baby Billy, and I'm like. That's not them in characters. Like, that's Danny McBride and Walton Goggins being like, can you believe they're letting us do this with HBO's money? Yeah. Look at this! Like, that is literally... Did you did you well, see the preview thing of, like, the, the build for the Redeemer episode? Yeah, thing? yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know if they but showed that, they, like, yeah. When occasionally shows take the time to just be like, you see how fun this looks? Like, do you see how much fun it is to make this thing? Yeah. How much fun we had doing this? And that's where I saw a lot of people online where they were like, this felt like it could have been the series finale. And I'm like, it totally could have. And in that respect, every season kind of could have been that way. They don't really leave like, mm -hmm. it's, not a, so, it's not a big you like, have the oh, over arc of like, okay, are they going to give up the church and that? Like, it's a bigger thing. But like the subtlety of, of, um, of Gideon being like, if I wanted to do what you did, that would you very, teach me? And I was like, dude, that's a very if they interesting let, hook. If for they four. let McBride, which I, I listened to Adam Divine, uh, Divine on, um, uh, he was on uh, Theo Vaughn's podcast, and they asked him, and he was like, uh, he said, as far as I know, McBride wants to do like two or three more seasons of the let him. And I'm like, dude, the next season, you just plant that idea of like your your daddy is teaching your 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 son, not you, all the tricks of the trade. Like you picked up some stuff, but like your father is kind of going past that, and he's teaching your offspring. Dude, Jesse know? dropping off his like shit side oh, to the yeah. dude. Okay, so since I rewatched <laughs> the finale <laughs> twice in twenty four hours, just watching the reaction shots to like Bible bonkers from the shit kid, the mm -hmm. one who's got like the face tattoos and everything, he's so is, in it. He's so is, into playing. That? Oh my god, it's something. I'll ridiculous. look it up. It's Continue. Some, it's Gideon. God, I can't think of his name. Because so I just go back to earlier with, like, the whole, like, his, his like, girlfriend is over with him. And, like, the next. Pontius. Pon Pontius, Not yeah. Pontius. Pontius, yeah. I think he pronounces it Pontius. Pontius. But, yeah, it's Pontius. Yeah. But, like, just the scene of, like, okay, well, because, like, again, it's a weird Southern thing. Like, I know that's a thing. Like, you can have your girlfriend over at, like, your house hanging out right maybe even in your room with like the door shut but like obviously like you don't want to disrespect your family so the idea he's just walking through his house and these two are just fucking like crazy and he has to back up and go look at him like what the fuck is this and i'm like dude i as much as i'm like oh my god i'm like i know people that that happened to like i have friends in high school that like, got caught in their own home to the point that i had that problem one time and the the girl that was hanging out did not realize I had a lock on the door. She's like, that's fucking crazy. You have a lock on your door. I'm like, don't you? She's like, hell no. My parents will never let me have a lock on the door. Much just let a guy in my room with a lock on the door. And I was like, okay, calm down. You know, it's just, it, this whole fucking season is bad shit, dude. And I like, not even, not even a bad way. Just like, you don't, I mean, you don't, <laughs> you don't think it's going to go any way that it's going to go. I, I like, I, I was you know, the fact that they get fucking, like, every time, the gemstones, they're the gemstones, they get fucking crushed on Bible trivia, left and oh, right, yeah. to the point, and I love that it's it's not even a point, it's like, he left you guys the answers, 
you can't even buzz in because you don't even, you're too afraid to even answer the damn question. You're like, and I love Kelvin's like, ah, he got it. I knew it. I knew it. It's like, that doesn't matter. <laughs> this team gets the points. It's that simple. Yeah. And I love, he's like, this ain't no family feud. Like he's just, it's like the each person plays. Oh my God, dude. And then fucking Carl and it, or like, um, when, what's his face? Uh, what's the other one? Carl and, um, it's Lucas Haas's character. I can't remember his name. Uh, but when he comes back and he's like, you know, sorry, you know, I wasn't really, I didn't want anything bad to happen to you, Danny. Or uh, Jesse's like, well, I don't accept your apology for possibly saving my life because your dad wanted to blow us up. It's like, I go think about things. And he goes back to the theme park that we haven't seen since like the first or second season. Was it? I don't think we saw it any in the second season, but he goes back yeah. to the theme park and he's just driving around on go-karts. But then him walking up, up and down oh, each yeah. aisle when he's trying to talk to him. It's just, just like, again, dude, just fucking gold. It's just dude. stupid. Like, it's like, it's stupid. It's so stupid. Why would you do that? But he's doing it. And it's like, that's just what Jesse's going to do. He's not going to hop over each one. He's going to walk up and down each time, ignoring his cousin <laughs> who's trying to apologize to him. The it's, song that's playing in that moment, too, yes, was like, fucking destroyed perfect. me. Yeah. Um, yeah, great stuff. I can't wait for more. I'm so glad we get a season four. Definitely. Uh, they never disappoint. Okay. Uh, yeah. Any other things you want to tag up on? We are two hours and 20 minutes into this bad boy. Uh, just uh, let's go ahead and end this, baby. Let's uh, put people back to work. Let's not worry about AI right now so that we can have a season four as soon as possible. Um, yes, let's get the strike taken care yeah. of. Um, also... Uh, yeah, we're watching some other things, but TV has slowed down a bit. As had I watched all of that. Uh, Arnold's documentary. I watching what we do in the Shadow season five that is currently airing. Yeah, catching up on Res Dogs a little behind at the moment. Yeah, I gotta start. That. First three of that are out. Uh, Sunny, as we mentioned, season sixteen, Fucking a nice great. little return to form uh, after what I thought was one of the weaker seasons of fifteen when they did the whole Ireland stunt. Uh, but yeah, and uh, full circle. The uh, HBO miniseries from Soderbergh. Oh, yeah, yeah. Huge recommend on that. And I am thoroughly enjoying Justified City Prime Evil, which oh, is dude. just midway through its run. So uh, you're watching that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you a Justified guy? Yeah. Oh, I didn't I didn't know. Yeah. I don't know. We never talked about I gotta, it. I got to start Mines. Mom has mentioned mine like, Mines like four times and how it's ended. But, uh, like, yeah, okay. so maybe we'll maybe we'll check in on Prime Evil at the end of all this. We got two more left, right? It's only six, right? No, it's eight. Well, I thought we... Okay. It's eight. They dropped two initially. We've had two more. This will be, or tonight, excuse me. It's Tuesday right now. Five is out tonight. And then. Okay, because they had six, two more seven, up eight. That, were com- that were being. Yeah. Yesterday they had two more up, so five and six, I guess. Oh, maybe they dropped two. I don't I don't know, Dave. I think it was I six. We'll I just thought, it everything out. I read said it was a six part miniseries. Okay, I don't know how we're much settling this right go. now, goddammit. Because well, I don't know how much further you can go, like, pushing it. I mean, I get the, the original seasons were like, you had an overarch overall bad dude but they were like multiple guys he had to bring in throughout the show but like I feel like they're really doing six this time eight episodes ending August 29th oh okay yep. well that's good I can dig that I can dig as much as they want to give me of it yeah. and if they want to adapt more Elmore Leonard books and just shove Raylan into them might as well I'm okay with that too uh, so yeah we'll check in on that and some other stuff I'll tease it right now uh, given that everything is kind of you know a little dry at the movie theater and at home 
pretty much until October, from what my calendar seems to say, and things may be getting moved because of the strike, we are going to resurrect 2x2 Retro Review. So the game plan, we're going to do three episodes, and we're going to be doing some anniversaries. So we will be tackling two movies from 2013, two movies from 2003, and two movies from 1993. Uh, so if you have any suggestions for those, you can shout at us at, on our individual uh, socials. Gavin is at gingerbeardman with two ends. Uh, two ends on all the socials. I am at the Arc of E Network on Instagram. You can shout at me there. But uh, yeah, let us know any of your suggestions again from 2013, 2003, and 1993. Uh, so yeah, we'll uh, announce those in the future but that's what we're working on uh thank you for bearing with us and we hope you're enjoying our, <laughs> our little summer break as well uh yes bearing with it yeah yeah exactly uh yeah thank you, so Jeff. we've been taking our nice little uh summer interludes but i hope you've enjoyed these giant scientist episodes we'll be back pretty soon with uh i guess probably the first round of whatever retro review we end up doing so go mm-hmm. let us know what you want us to cover we'll be starting out with that uh We'll work in reverse order. Let's do a 2013 episode. So, yeah, pick your favorite uh, 2013 movies, obscure ones, popular ones, whether we've, you know, discussed them tangentially or not. We'll do a proper, uh, you know, full-on retro review for whatever you pick. Let us know. Uh, You can also email thearchive at gmail.com and stay tuned for whatever we've got coming there. Uh, I think that is everything. Sounds about right. Okay. Uh, So, uh... Mission to con- oh, it's not that show. No. Uh, I, for the Archive Podcast, I've been Noah. I've been Gavin.